Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. Yes, your ears are not deceiving you. It's Podcast Unlocked. Cross. Yes. Kind of funny X-Cast. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, sitting in the host chair, courtesy of my gracious host, <laughs> which is just a, it's a host-ception going on. Uh, we are all here together for the greatest Xbox podcast crossover of all time. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, you know him as Snowbike Mike. The greatest hair at this panel, oh. certainly. There's, there's no question about that. Uh, I take slight offense to that, but that was fair. Great hair too. In the middle, Paris Lilly. You know him. You love him. Piping in from Los Angeles. Hello, Paris. Hey, how you doing? I really wish I could be there for this one. This is going to be a lot of fun. Well, we're glad you're here in uh, in voice and in video. Stella Chung who is always with me on Podcast Unlocked. Hello, hello. Hello, this is so fun. <laughs> it's already fun. We're, already, we're only 30 seconds in. Gary Witta, a friend hello. I haven't seen in quite some time. Good to see you, Far guys. too long, yes. Last time I saw you, I still had my Tesla. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were a much happier, uh, happier camper with, in terms of your, your uh, feelings about that car company. Back the, uh, the two best days in the life of a Tesla owner, the day you buy it and the day you sell it. <laughs> well, you know, to each their own, as long as you're happy. <laughs> As long as fight, you're happy. Fight, fight, yeah. fight. There's, nothing, there's nothing to fight about. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. And we are here uh, for a very good reason. So we are here to support the Extra Life charity. Extra Life is a fundraising program of the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. The Extra Life community fundraises year-round to change kids' health care, to change the future. Donations go to local member hospitals to fund critical life-saving treatments and health care services along with innovative research, vital pediatric medical equipment, and child life services. Now, to do your part, grab a bunch of awesome games, courtesy of the IGN Editor's Choice Bundle, live at humblebundle.com right now. It runs from today to November 22nd. Mike, what games are in that particular bundle? Ryan, you got some great games available right now, like Disco Elysium, The Final Cut, Chivalry 2, which I absolutely love, Spirit Fairer, which I know will tug on everyone's heartstrings out there, and so much more. Excellent. My love wife that. got quite emotional playing Spirit Fairer. Did you play it? I did not. It's really no. sad. You have to like usher people, yeah. you know, into the mm -hmm. afterlife, and then when you say have to say goodbye to each one, it's it gets you know they they do enough work with the story and the character that it's like really emotional saying goodbye to these characters. Cool. Yeah, there's some great stuff in here. All these IGN editors' choice winners. So again, uh, head on over to HumbleBundle.com now to get yours. You'll be helping out a great cause. So uh, we have a fun sort of evergreen segment lined up for a little later in the podcast. But first, we thought we'd just catch up on the week's yeah. Xbox news, see what's doing. And before This is we so weird. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's <laughs> this is it's, just something. It's like I can't get my head around it. Like this is not. It's like I'm in a dream or something. Like why are you here? <laughs> you know, like you know, like when you have dreams, like people you know just randomly show up out of context. Like why is he here? Like that's kind of. I mean, in a good way though. Okay, I was to say I can go. It's a happy. It's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we want Ryan. I don't want to wake up. No, no, we no. want Stella Hagen with us. Is right. <laughs> well. uh... Can we talk a few minutes about Alan Wake 2? I know you guys have already done a whole spiel on it, but uh, it has been out for about a week now or so. I I'm neck deep in it and absolutely adoring it. Gary, have you had a chance to spend much time with Alan Wake 2? Literally started installing it on the PC uh, before I left, so it'll be ready for me when I get home. I'm very excited. I've already had the Xbox version ready to go, but then everyone's, everyone's been talking about the PC version with the, I know Paris has been going on over the path tracing and because I just got this new 4090 with the super oh, crazy nice. monitor. It's like, I feel like that's the way to go. So I, I, I managed to scrounge up an additional code for the PC version and I feel like that's the way I'm going to do it because I, I, everyone's like just talking about it in the highest possible terms. Yeah, well, the kind of funny crew said game of the year question yeah. mark mike paris uh you know i have been riding shotgun for most of our streams with alan wake too so it's been nice to experience some of it i'm looking forward to playing it on my own but i'll tell you what it is wowing it is a nice you know i don't want to call it a return to form for remedy because remedy's always hitting but well, i can't forget fair, crossfire yeah X. their last game I, was know. their their first mm -hmm. not great game that they've <laughs> ever made yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah yeah return to form is fair yeah and it is stunning especially like gary said on the pc with all of the bells and whistles it is something to behold there so i'm looking forward to playing a lot more this weekend paris your thoughts on alan wake 2 thus far so ironically enough i, I rolled credits uh late last night and i tweeted this morning it's a game of the year hands down that this this is the best game that's come out in an unprecedented year of great games in 2023 but this is game of the year um just the narrative uh the survival horror aspects you know like gary's talking about playing this on pc just from a visual aspect i mean remedy really nailed this they absolutely did i fully admit i came in skeptical about it but i came out on the other side and now I, ryan you and i saw each other at the preview event yep. that's what sold me on it and being able to play this from start to finish yeah it's it is the best game i played this year hands down and I saw your post, and it's making me want to keep rolling. I've been in Arizona for the World <laughs> Series uh, the last couple of days, so I haven't. I had to leave Alan Wake two behind, but now I'm back, looking forward to diving in because, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that mm. Remedy's done this. Not the, the, they're they're them making a great game is not a surprise, but I am just so happy to see the world kind of at large, the gaming world yeah. at large, taking notice because I I do feel like. Maybe I'm going to sound a little hipsterish here, but you know, IGN gave Control our 2019 Game of the Year, and I feel like I feel like it, Control has has been more appreciated since it came yep. out. Like it, it's it's kind of developed the uh, you know the, the good vibes have caught up to it, but I feel like it it kind of got a little lost that year. It's been a really weird year for the Game of the Year conversation, hasn't it? Like I remember back when early in this, the year when Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out. I said, okay, there's a lot of the year still to come, but like surely, right? Zelda's like already got it locked up, and then the rest of the year happened, right? Baldur's Gate three kind of came out of nowhere. Yep. Not for not for people that were like paying attention to it, like, but for people who weren't like hardcore D and D like RPG fans, I don't think anyone expected Baldur's Gate three to be what it was, and there's like, oh well, well, it's that now. What's what else? And then Alan Wake, and there's other games that are kind of nipping around the heels of that conversation. But I think the three that are going to be the most, the, the three names you're going to see most when the, the awards start happening are going to be Zelda, Baldur's Gate 3, and now clearly Alan Wake 2 is going to be in there. 
Yeah. I, I still I, feel like Baldur's Gate 3 is game of the year for me. And then close behind it is Zelda. <clears throat> I actually did download uh, Alan Wake 2, but like everyone keeps saying that it is very heavy on the horror aspect. Which is making me a little bit more uh, hesitant to jump in because I don't do well. <laughs> yeah, before. I don't. Yeah, that's the thing. I so I had I was asking someone earlier today, like, well, how scary is it? Because I yeah. don't do the scare. I don't do the jump scares. I don't do the, 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 the that stuff. But it sounds like it's a bit scary. Yes. So I don't know. I heard there are a few jump scares in there, so it's just like. Uh, uh, yeah, there's definitely a few. You can have a couple <laughs> moments. You'll have some. Good the thing is, even though I'm saying it, like the yeah, PC, I might okay. just boot up the PC version to see how fancy it looks. But like yeah. that's me down in my little office with the lights off. <laughs> that's too scary Ooh, for me. And your On, new little doll that you're. you're and, <laughs> and special baby, of course. You know, probably will put in yes. an appearance. It's bad, it's bad enough already. But no, if I'm gonna play a game like that, I'd rather play it like in the living room on the couch with my wife next to me, so I'm not quite so scared. And you know, that, it, it, I think horror is less scary when it's a shared experience totally i couldn't do it by myself yeah, yeah. condemned on the uh, oh, 360 yeah, i, I yeah. had to have a, i had to have one of my friends come over and, and hang out with me while i got to the end of that game for that exact i was reason. playing gone home which isn't even a horror game it just pretends to be one yeah and it was and, and i had to stop half of this i'm gonna play when when my wife gets home i'll play the rest but i can't do the rest i was like looking at some steps there's there's a point where you looking at these steps that lead down into this dark basement i'm like i'm done i'm done the scariest non-horror game ever probably gary <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it uh, does a great totally job of trick uh, using the tropes of the horror game to make you think it is a horror game, even though it isn't. Very, very clever game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. big ups to Remedy. Hope everybody's given this game a chance. In you know, it's it's blockbuster game season. But everybody, check out Alan Wake too. It is so uh, if, it is good times. If you're like me and haven't played the first one because the first one is also too atmospherically scary, um, do you feel like people can jump into Alan Wake too? Let, let, I'll let yes. Paris take that. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes, because the way that they set it up, Saga, you get to play it through her perspective, and she she's like a substitute for a new people coming into the series because she's learning about the Alan Wake universe just the same time as you are as, as a player. So that's a great way to introduce yourself into it as well. So, yeah, new players, easy, easy uh, entry awesome. into the Alan Wake 2. Well, uh, since I haven't finished it yet, I can't yet say if I think it's Remedy's best game. What I would say to that, to answer that right now, before finishing Alan Wake 2, for me, it's Max Payne 2. Ooh. And 1 and 2, uh, some excellent, somewhat unexpected news this week. I thought these were further out. Remedy updated their shareholders this week, saying, hey, you know, we've got Alan Wake 2 out the door, lots of critical acclaim, but the Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes that will be funded by, published by Rockstar, uh, and done in the Northlight engine, as all of Remedy's stuff has been, is uh, is ready for proper production. So, uh, Gary, I know back in your PC gamer days, yeah, Max Payne One, Max Payne Two were a very big deal. Are you pumped for a remake of those two? Yeah, kinda. I mean, it's I I wasn't the biggest. I don't think they are Remedy's best games, but there's something about the world that's just a bit too schlocky noir for me but i i did i enjoyed the it was the first i think one of the first times we saw that bullet time mechanic yeah. right where you could slow down time and that was very very un, in vogue after the matrix right and that's when games started doing it. i think max Payne was the first one to really turn it into a gameplay mechanic but it is very much one of those as much as we look back on pc gaming in the 90s as like a, the golden age of pc gaming because it was it was it was great back then a lot of those games have not aged well and they are very ripe for this kind of treatment so I, I think I can imagine how amazing it will look. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know. Are they also planning to kind of, is it going to be the exact same game with a graphical makeover? Or are they going to look at updating mechanics as well? I don't know. Yeah, we don't know that. 
quite yet. I mean, look, oh, this wow. is what I'm talking about. And I mean, well, look, this at this. Is, look at this. We're looking at uh, how old's this game now? 96 for the first yeah, one. I was going to say it's close to 20. Wow. Yeah. wow. I mean, look at that. <clears throat> it still looks pretty good, but I, I know what you mean. It's, I mean, it's like if you, if somebody said, to, if somebody said to me like, so what was PC gaming like in the 90s? I would just show them those five <laughs> seconds and that would tell you all you need to know. Uh, Stella, Mike, any interest in, in uh, either revisiting Max Payne or I'm guessing for at least one of you, it's going to be playing it for the first time. That's me. Yeah, I'd like to play it for the first time. I, I, I'm so sad I missed all of these different gaming things, but I, I was bored when that was coming here. So look, it's kind of inevitable that I would miss it, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I always love these remakes because I'm like, yeah, there's no way that I would have experienced this naturally anyways. So I would love if they did some new twists on it because I think if they did something like what Dead Space did where they kind of just enhanced the mechanics that made it so unique, that would just blow it out of the water. Yeah, like, I'm really loving this as someone, I can remember Max Payne 3, right? Max Payne 1 and 2 are so far gone out of my memory that I am excited to relive these moments and have those <laughs> aha moments that we got with Resident Evil 2 and 3 with those remakes and now into 4 where yeah. it's special to have games from your childhood or back in the day come back and look beautiful and be able to replay those. I'm excited as can be. And I always, whenever I think of Max Payne, I think of Dead to Rights with the Husky. That's, that's where my mind yeah. goes to all the time. Yeah, oh, that's OG Xbox PS2 era yeah. right there. That's, that's good times. Paris, any, uh, any fond memories of the original Max Payne's? Believe it or not, I've never played Max Payne. So you'll be on the remake list <laughs> yeah. then. You'll be one yeah, of the folks. Yeah, I, be... I definitely will check out the remake. But yeah, yeah, never never got into one or two, so it it never resonated. Alan Wake, ironically enough, was was probably my first Remedy game. I just remember because I was I think I was at PC Gamer at the time, and I remember like the first press release or whatever it was, and I remember I specifically remember thinking, his name is Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> the game had a lot of work to do from that point on, but no, and I mean it's very, very well loved um, series. And you know, let's—I I think sometimes these remasters are a way to kind of test the waters to see if this—if this does well, maybe you get Max Payne Four. Yeah. Who knows? No, you're right because the the just development reality is that Rockstar themselves is never going to make a Max Payne Four, even though they they own it now. Because all of their worldwide studios, they all work on one thing. There's no more, there's no more Midnight Club happening out of San no Diego. No more Bully. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. no more Bully out of Vancouver. There's... No more Manhunt. Yeah, exactly. Which is probably for the best. <laughs> State of emergency. No more table tennis. Um, yeah, I the, miss the, the days when, the I mean, don't, be, game. don't get me wrong, GTA 6 is by far my, my most anticipated game. But I kind of miss the days when Rockstar did other things. Bully was cool. Yeah, nobody would disagree there, but it's, yeah, the, they, they pivot all, however many studios they've got are all working on either GTA or, you know, now it's GTA, and then I'm sure after that they'll pivot back to Red Dead for a, for a third round over there. And so, yeah, I love, I love this as, hey, let's get the original developers, Remedy, to do a full remake of these, and if it goes well, like you say, Gary, then maybe, maybe we just sign Remedy to, Give them a bigger budget and say, go make a whole fourth one and we'll, you know, we'll split the money with you. Sounds good to me. I mean, there's not, what else out there, what else is out there currently that's like Max Payne, like that kind of game? I'm like, struggling to think of like what the standard bearer for that genre is right now. Like a proper third person shooter. Yeah. Right? It's mm. just not really I mean, a thing right now. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe the time is right for the resurrection of Max Payne. Interesting. Third person shooter, maybe over the shoulder, roadie running. 
bouncing off a wall. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, I think I think it's maybe, something. Uh, I think maybe, it's something. Huh. I feel well as someone who hasn't played, and I'm gonna get ripped apart for this, but like Max Payne didn't it have like a sandboxy element to it, or am I thinking of something else? It was pretty linear, pretty linear by okay. my recollection. Okay, I'm thinking of something else then. Uh, um, but it has a pretty good story, and I'm, oh yeah, I'm trying to think of like. Hitman is the closest thing, but it's very different. Like, it's stealth-focused yeah, as opposed absolutely. to, you know, going all out. But the way I played Hitman... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Duck and cover, everybody. <laughs> well, speaking of that roadie running... There it is. ...third-person game, uh, Gears of War, a little, little bit back in the news this week, courtesy of its creator, Cliff Blazinski, who was speaking to Comic Book, uh, and... He, uh, he t who is Cliff is out there, of course, promoting his, his new co uh, comic book, Scrapper. <clears throat> and he, of course, Gears of War comes up. When you talk to Cliff, either he'll bring it up or you'll bring it up, one of the two. And I love Cliff. And once again, Cliff coming out and saying, hey, uh, I I'm open to, to talking to you, Microsoft, if you want to talk. He said, I believe Gears needs a little bit of a reboot like God of War had. And I've always said, Phil Spencer has my number. I'm happy to consult. So, uh, Paris, I'll start with you here. The state of Gears of War. It's been a little while now. 2019 was Gears 5. Uh, 2016 was Gears 4, if I remember correctly. And we're, we're pretty far removed from Cliff's involvement in it, although he does seem to, you know, it, it does seem to be still very near and dear to his heart. What do you think? I mean... We know there is a Gears 6 coming, even though it hasn't been officially announced. We've got a cliffhanger to resolve. We've got a story arc to resolve. But what do you see as the future of Gears, Paris? Because this is a franchise Microsoft paid a hell of a lot of money for, and they're not just going to sunset it after this next Gears game. So, you know, what, what is, where do you think they should go? I, I definitely think there's a lot of life left in the Gears of War <laughs> series. I actually saw you say something about Thank that you. online. I think they really need to start calling it Gears of War again. <clears throat> Excuse me. But one thing that um, I've been saying on the show for the past couple of years uh, about that franchise is I really wish they would lean more into basically the horror aspects of what gears of war like when we f saw the first gears of war that's where it seems like it was going and then it obviously pivoted off into something else um i think okay you finish the story here with gear six with what they started with gears four let's finish that trilogy but i would love to see whatever comes after that really just be more survival horror and and just lean into that because i think there's a lot of potential with that maybe you're not even a cog maybe you're just a a normal citizen of what is it sarah is is, is the planet right and maybe yep. you take it from that perspective and we kind of tell a story that way and you again go to the horror aspect of it with with the locust and every everything that that comes with that i i think there is a lot they could do with this and you don't necessarily have to keep it third person roadie runs and all of that of course you you know that's been the signature of it but i think that universe has been established enough and uh, was it gears tactics they've already done where i think you could spin it off into other genres as well so i mean coalition is arguably one of if not the best studio at xbox game studios right now so they do great work that's not the issue at all but i think i would love to see them diverge away from the current formula and story that they've been doing since gears 4. mike are you with cliff here do you think it needs a little bit of a, a god of war inspired kind of more serious 
focused reboot or yeah, what? Yeah, it gave me a little chuckle there, Ryan, because of course we are in the middle of a, you know, quote unquote finale of this trilogy. But for me, I, I do think we need that. My questions go to, does that mean we go right back to Marcus Phoenix, right? You think of the God of War reboot. Sure, we changed up the formula, but we still stuck with Kratos. So are we going back to Marcus Phoenix and the crew? Are we telling something different, giving us a new slice of that? But for me, I would like to see smaller stories. I really love to highlight mm -hmm. Gears 5 Hive Busters. I thought so what good. Hive Busters did was really fun. This self-contained offshoot story of a brand new crew, right? About two and a half hours to three hours, yep. which is this fun blockbuster movie. I would love to see the team continue to elevate and try out those style of storytelling for me. Stella? Yeah, I think I would want a new story just because when you see, I was thinking, oh, we could do like a, a prologue to Marcus's story. But I'm like, well, but then there are very little risks in that you know that Marcus is going to be okay. You know, generally right. around what happens with the story. So I feel like a different story branching from something that could maybe parallel with Marcus's story could be good. Um, yeah, I, I, I love this idea. Like, the way that God of War did their reboot was just so good. And I'm like, yeah, no, Gears of War could definitely do something like that. Also, yeah, when did, when did they start going to Gears instead of calling it Gears of War? Because I With remember five. Five. With five. Okay, because I, I remember. It, yeah, I thought it was four. Was it four? No, it was still Gears of War 4. Okay. If okay. We can, okay. I don't know if we can pull up like the box art real quick, but it was, <laughs> yeah, that was, and, and we've had Rod Ferguson, who has, of course, since departed mm -hmm. uh, the coalition, but he was in charge and, and he he just I forget what he told us, but I, I still whatever he said, I still respectfully disagreed with him. I'm, a, I, I'm with Paris. It's it just needs the of war. I get that. Yeah. Like, OK, there's already a, a G.O.W. acronym game, but the of war matters in, mm -hmm. in the context of this, because it's, it's not just these people, but it's it's the hellish situation they're in. Uh, Gary, what would you do with Gears of War? I. I used to love, I mean, Gears 3 is probably one of my, on the 360, was probably one of my most played games of that generation. So some of the horde mode, I still tell fishing stories about some of the horde mode games that we used to play back in the day. And then I kind of like lost touch with, it. I'm sure if I went back and played them, I enjoyed them. I always enjoyed that. We talked about it recently on the, on the X-Cast, like the first time, when Gears first came out and the first time you did that roadie run and like took cover behind a thing and did an active reload, you were like, oh my God, it introduced so many new concepts that we love that you see now proliferating, like they're now part of the common language of these kind of games like so many games use those same gimmicks and gears i think um began a lot of that um i don't know if it necessarily needs a reboot i mean it's almost i mean is it in trouble like when you usually talk about rebooting something it's because either because it's been a really long time or because like you desperately need to make a direction change and i just don't know like how the the, the, the gears games have been pretty well received right they are what Very. they are but to, to paris's point i also think it's really interesting when you do things that are more, a bit more daring and like allow yourself to not feel attached to the genre that you started with. Like these are big worlds and ca the characters and the storytelling and the world building is interesting. You can do other things. Like I said, they did it with tactics. And I agree with Paris actually, I would love to see something that's like more, you know, you could you can do like these, and again, all of these studios they have now, they have the luxury of doing this. It's like, okay, let's continue to do, let's do like Gears 6 or Gears of War 6, as I agree it should be called. Uh, is, that, is that officially, like, is the game just officially called Gears it is. 5? Or five, yeah, it's Gears 5. There is, it is not Gears of War 5. That's messed up. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we're, we're all in agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just rubbed me are. the wrong way. Um, so by all means, continue with that. But like, let a smaller studio do something like, like, a, like a smaller, more contained, like survival, horror, scary, dark, mm -hmm. subterranean yeah. thing. You know, I think that could be really fun. The movie, of course, is going to be coming out. They're working on the movie right now. So maybe that's an opportunity to reset. Maybe they do something that's based around because that the, the 
put their own spin on the law and do something a little bit different, I'm sure there might be an opportunity there to kind of come at it from a different angle. I don't know. I know good podcasting involves healthy arguments, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have anything to argue with any no. of you about. It's, well, I'm, with, I'm with all of you on this. I mean, it's, I do th- want to see the Gear 6. I, I, you know, I, I think Gears, and this is just me, this, I don't know how true this really is, but it does seem like the coalition has kind of gotten a little bit of an unfair treatment from the community in general in the sense that just because they're not epic, it's been like, oh, you know, we're not as, you know, we're not as into this, and you know, you're. I, I think Gears Four, Gears, Gears of War Four, and Gears Five are are a little underrated. You know, we, I think we've we've rated them very highly at IGN, but uh, yeah, I don't think they kind of get quite the same love in the community that that I feel like they deserve. So I'll be curious if this extended time off because it's. You know, like I said, it's, it's, we're already coming up on, in fact, I think we passed the four-year anniversary now since uh, Gears 5 came out, and 6 hasn't even been announced. We all know it's happening. Uh, Rod came on our show as a Blizzard employee and kind of, you know, more or less said what we already assume, which is that we know that game is, is in the works. So it's going to look amazing on Unreal Engine 5 because the Coalition yep. has been uh, already just... just uh, honing their skills on that with the the Matrix Awakens yes. tech demo that they worked on with Epic about, was that two years ago now? So it's going to look great, but yeah, I, I'm with all of you. I think it needs a little bit of a fresh start once once this trilogy is uh, is concluded. Would you say that Gears and Halo have the same amount of rep in the gaming space? No. No. Not even close. I was going to ask the same question. I, I think we've talked about it on the exercise before. I don't personally don't think of, of gears as like a top tier like s tier xbox franchise wow. Look at mike's face wow i'm on the opposite mike's not having it <laughs> I think I think the the back of the box groups right Look, here like okay. you gotta have these two on there halo forza banjo kazooie i think we all can agree on that <laughs> <laughs> and then to me gears of war is like right it's, it's right under it but it's like okay. a minus not a plus it's, it's still it's up there, but, but I, like, like certainly, I don't think you can compare it. Like in terms of like what's iconic, like if you showed like if you showed someone a picture of Master Chief and say, "Do you recognize that?" I think a lot of more people would say yes than if you showed them Marcus Phoenix. Don't you think? Like Master think. Chief actually is like an mm. icon in a way that I don't think the Gears characters are. I think that cog logo, the bloody cog logo yeah. with the skull yeah. in it, is super iconic. For me, yeah. The, yeah, I was going to say when we're talking about this, that world is iconic, right? You think about the torque bow, you think about the lancer with the chainsaw on the end of it, the Nasher shotgun, right? You go down the list, and it's like these all incite something within you that you go, I remember that. I guess on my side, Gary, where I would semi-agree with you is I think the multiplayer has such a steep learning curve to be semi-good at it that I think people get turned away from gears of, I have a great time with the campaign. I love that. I play enough of the multiplayer, but man, I'm not good at it. I leave that kind of faster than I would in a Halo multiplayer situation. Yeah, that, that's, that's where I would jump in and agree where I just think the multiplayer for Gears overall, I think the Horde mode was Gears 2 where Horde mode came in. I think yep. that kind of, you know, gave it some life and people, you know, you jump on with your buddies on the weekend and we would go through the various waves of that. But I think it's just a pure multiplayer game. It does, it has never had the impact that, that Halo has obviously had from a multiplayer standpoint. But I do disagree, Gary, that I think it is for, for Xbox, one of their quote unquote S tier IPs that you look on the back of the box, it is going to be Halo, Forza, Gears. 
all of those are going to be recognizable franchises that come from Xbox, in my personal opinion. I think so X, I, I, I think I, Xbox sees it that way, and I think you're right that they do put those like if they're going to put some stuff on the back of like an Xbox box, you're going to see Gears, you're going to see Forza, you're going to see Master Chief. I just don't know if people who play games see it that way. Yeah, I, I half agree with you, Gary, because I think it was in that position, and it's right. it's just not. It hasn't been for a little while, despite how much I think Gears of War four and five have been great because if you remember halo we didn't get halo on the 360 until halo 3 in 2007 gears of war i think it's pretty fair to say was the killer yep. app for yeah. the xbox i mean maybe oblivion was probably the first killer app uh there and shortly after launch but in terms of first party gears of war in uh what october of 2006 was uh you know, with the Unreal Engine on console, that where you just you looked at it and you were like, yeah. "Whoa!" Yeah, it looked next gen. Yeah, uh, and and I think you know, to your point, two really uh, stepped it up with Horde mode, added a lot. Uh, I mean, really, Gears kind of was, I think, primarily responsible for the proliferation of the you know four player PVE kind of modes that started yep. permeating mm -hmm. gaming after that, and really are still still a thing. And then Gears 3, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Gary, where I, I remember I reviewed that for OXM. It was one of the easiest 10 out of 10s I ever threw down. I just, the campaign was just gameplay-wise brilliant. Uh, this, I thought the story wrapped up super well with, with Adam Phoenix and, and the crew and Dom, of course. Uh, and Horde was better than ever. Versus was better than ever. And, and, and then they, you know, they did kind of follow it up with that, Still good, but huge step down the um, people can fly game. The uh, Gears of War Judgment was oh, kind of like, forgotten eh. all about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And then after that, it kind of laid dormant for a while. Microsoft bought it, and you know they've been kind of you know it, it does seem like three was one, two, three was the peak, and now Microsoft's been trying to claw their way back to that. It might be that the way to get it back is just through kind of repeating what they did, like you said, with the first one. Three, the Gears of War on the 360 was one of the first games I remember looking at. Okay, yeah, it's ne the next generation's here because look at this. So much, clearly, so much better than the original Xbox. Um, that maybe they're using UE5, which is incredible. We, we're just beginning to see like what it can do. Maybe if this game, like just on a technical graphical level, is like, oh shit, like this is beyond anything we've seen before, that alone would be enough to kind of get some excitement back. I have a couple things coming to my mind. Uh, of course, you know, Batista is always the teased. We all want that from the community. What if it is a reboot with Batista? Maybe not as Marcus Phoenix. Maybe its own character. Would that have the staying power? You know, Crackdown 3 with Terry Crews was kind of last minute. <laughs> but would Batista maybe sell a little bit more? Would that get people excited? I don't think so. Yeah. No. I mean, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think so either. Yeah, I love his love for it. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I have full respect. But I don't think he's necessarily going to move the needle in terms of the sort of franchise uh, power. I don't know what it is about Gears. I really enjoyed the first three games, and yet these days I just kind of like, eh. Like if they if they announce Gear Six, I, I, it's not a, it's not a trailer that I'm going to click on. Oh my god! Like I'll, I'll watch it later. Like I don't know. It just I, maybe it's me. I know Gears fans are. I don't want to get into another like nobody gives a shit about Killer Instinct. Yeah, Black yeah. hole like yeah, we did yeah. last uh -huh. time. We're still digging our way out of that one. Like because I know Gears fans are very passionate. Mike's. A perfect example but i worry about like the wider audience like is, is does gears still kind of generate that excitement like across you know gamers as a whole paris 
I personally think Gears got too Hollywood, in my opinion. And oh, bringing up huh? Batista is actually a great example of this. You have Batista, and there's Ice T, and then uh, um, Linda Hamilton as an example. I, I thought they did way too many tie-ins to things outside of the Gears universe to try and get people into the Gears universe, and it just didn't simply work. Instead of focusing on unique gameplay, up in the stakes, doing something in that in that Gears world that we hadn't seen before. That that's what I saw. I felt Gears Four and even even Five. I mean, Five did the kind of the semi open world stuff, but it felt like more just Gears versus oh wow, we're really doing something new with, with the Gears of War franchise. And my hope is with Six, even again, you need to finish the story, but kind of get back to the basics somewhat, but then at the same time take some risks. I know that's doesn't make sense but if, if you get what i mean whereas yeah you got the core gears of war gameplay they tried the open world stuff that didn't necessarily land so maybe you don't do that but you try something else new at the same time it's going to be unreal 5 we know that um that um the coalition they've kind of been one of the the gurus of the un, un, unreal engine outside of epic right so maybe they from a visual standpoint bring something to the series x into the pc that really showcases unreal 5. that's what i hope to see and then once gear 6 is done as i said at the top do something completely different that's what i would like to see them do moving i forward. think it, it, tell me if you agree with with my interpretation of what you're saying paris i, I think you're getting at uh, less is more, right? There you is go. That, that, that's a good, that's a good way to Because, like, you know, Gears yeah. 5 added, actually, it's, again, been four years, I'm blanking on, the, the, the DBs, the robots. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, the, inevitably, right, sequels and franchises, they have to add stuff. Like, well, okay, well, right. we've already done the, the Locust, so what do we, okay, well, then we get the Swarm, okay, we got the DBs. Maybe kind of pare things back down is is what you're what I think you're saying. Here's a, here's a great example of another obviously major franchise, Halo. When Halo Four introduced, they like, did all the Forerunner stuff and all that. I was like, man, I, I just I I just want to fight the elites and the grunts. I want to. I, that's why I love Halo. This extra stuff isn't why I came to Halo. Isn't why I love Halo. Sure, you tried it, but it didn't necessarily work. And then I feel like, and obviously, once we get here to Infinite, they quote unquote went back to basics. What work? What makes Halo fun? And that's what they did. So I hope they do that with Gear Six. So I have a question because for me, I I always felt like as as someone who watched her friends play Gears and Halo because I didn't have a console growing up, I always felt like they were pretty on par with being like the Xbox exclusives, like being those um, was it mascots, I guess. So if you if Gears were to come out with Gear Six and it was like Halo Infinite, where it was just like that when it launched, like it had the same sort of issues and problems, do you think the community for Gears would be as forgiving and patient as the Halo community? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I do not. I, I I would hope and as as an industry, they've taken a lot of lessons learned over the past few years of don't release these games feature incomplete. You, yeah. you got to make sure you get it right. If you need to delay it, do what you got to do, but don't come out the box featuring complete or full of technical issues. The community is clearly rejecting that and they don't want to see that anymore. Especially when it's a big budget mega yeah. franchise. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta just, you gotta come out swinging. Uh, well, I had a couple more news items, a couple of bad news things. I want to keep this fun. And also I want to allow time for this next fun segment that we've drawn up. So, before I get to that, let me just mention again why we are here. Mike, why are we here? We are here for the ultimate crossover event to do some good 
Ryan and the gang out there. Of course, we are helping those big, beautiful kids for Extra Life 2023. And I'm really excited because we have you all all week long. We have a big buildup up to Friday's big mega stream where we'll be raising some funds and some great deeds for those beautiful kids during Extra Life. So make sure to go tune in, hang out with us all throughout the week. Of course, IGN and Kind of Funny will be doing some good with Extra Life 2023. Absolutely. Again, head on over to HumbleBundle.com. Pick up that IGN Editor's Choice Bundle. You'll get Disco Elysium, the final cut. You'll get Chivalry 2. You'll get Spiritfarer, which, which Gary was talking about. You'll get The Forgotten City. You'll get uh, $10 off almost anything in the IGN store. We actually got a bunch of cool uh, official like licensed game merch in there now. Uh, three free months of IGN Plus for free. It's over $204 in total value. So all games that got nine and nine and above, basically, it says there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Nice. So uh, do check that out. It is for a great cause. This episode's brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? I can't even count the amount of nights I lose sleep just because I can't stop thinking and my brain just won't stop talking. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a great place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. And it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You can make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. Betterhelp.com slash kind of funny. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, let's have a little fun here. Uh, so I, I admit I sh I'm shamelessly stealing kind of the, the inspiration for this bit from the Bill Simmons podcast. I, I enjoy, uh, I'm a big sports fan. And Bill Simmons likes to do a lot of like kind of goofy, hypothetical, like fantasy draft kind of stuff. So, uh, and I know you guys have, have done your share of fantasy drafts. I thought something that, that neither one of us has done before that could be fun and, and, uh, it, it's only silly because we won't be able to declare a winner for like five years. We'll have to, we'll have to come back yeah. in about five years, just bookmark this. But I thought we would do, now that the Activision Blizzard King deal is official, it's done, it's over, and we'll do an Xbox Studio draft where we will each, I don't know how many times we're going to go around. We've got five of us. So I think we're going to go around maybe probably three times here. 
if I had to guess, and basically we're each going to have a little fantasy team of first party Xbox, Bethesda, Activision, Blizzard, King Studios. And there are a lot of them. I, I jotted them what I think is all the major ones. Now, in fairness, I left off a few support studios okay. that have never sort of made a major game. That's not to say that those studios couldn't or wouldn't in the future, but I've included kind of all the biggies here. Uh, and, you know, I don't know what the... I'm not a good enough host to have done like a, you know, like a, like a raffle ahead oh, of time, yes, like a yes, lottery yes. to figure out who good. picks first. We're just going to go... We're just going to go down the line starting with Mr. Witta, and we'll just come back to me, and then we'll reverse snake it back. Yeah. And we'll just go through, and we'll see, you know, each person as they, as they draft can explain why they're choosing that studio, why they think they're going to be doing some great stuff. Because this is more of a, you know, you're drafting a team today for what they're going to do over the next three to five years. Kind of, let's say, the rest of this generation, okay, which is probably about five years. So keep that in mind as you draft. Uh, and we'll see where we land at the end of it. I'll, I'll kind of keep keep count here of who's got what. Um, I'm not again. I'm not even going to read all these to you because that would take another five minutes of the show, and and you, you'll just find out as we go. So Gary, the first pick in the 2023 unlocked unlocked cross kind of funny X cast Xbox first party studio draft. Woo. Need a big. I need some <laughs> oxygen after that. <laughs> Goes to you, Gary. I didn't know you were going to give me the first pick. Now I feel all this pressure because, no, like, you've got before the show. He asked for yeah, the first pick. Don't yeah, but you didn't I say know. I was going to get no. it. By the way, the, 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 so I think the first pick here will be really telling because, I mean, I'll whenever the what I have in mind for my first pick gets taken, I will <laughs> I'll sort of let you know, like, oh, that would have been my first pick. So I'm mm -hmm. I'm just curious what Gary's going to take. To well, what are, we, what are we? What are we? What are we considering the metrics of success? If, if I, by the way, if you think Mike's coming back for this in five years, you're kidding yourself. He's going to be on ESPN or some shit in five years. He's not coming back. Um, what well, we you're going to be like on some red carpet for some yeah. big new amazing uh -huh. movie that you've just mm -hmm. written. So you're not going to be here either. Rogue 100%. 100%. No, <laughs> I will still be here. Stella will be a champion bodybuilder. Yeah. Pa Paris will be probably a, a, a famous game developer. I'll, I will still be here. And I will, I Paris, will. Uh, Paris will be running Xbox. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, Mike will be on ESPN, 100%. Sports Center. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Save this clip. I see You're it. The best. Um, and yeah, I'll. God knows where I'll be, but not here. I know that. That's all I know. I won't be here in five years. Um, but so, like, just, you know, what are we like? The, the five years from now, what are we looking back on and saying? Well, who did the best like, based yeah, on who, like who? Yeah. You're you're drafting who you think is gonna make the best coolest. You know, maybe most successful if you want to use that metric, but okay, but it's the, kind of a studios, fuzzy. The studios no, you'd want to have on your science. team here. All right, so, and I can't just say, oh, Activision, right? No. Like I'm, I'm picking not, one mm -hmm. studio within them. Okay, yeah. I think. I mean, I have the. Fortunately, I don't really care what I pick because, as you know, I never care. Yeah, about we, we know well. Yeah, yeah. And uh -huh. it's good. And like, this is never again. Five years. You, you're not even able to fucking find me in five years. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not going to matter. Oh, let's. Oh, let's call up. Let's call up Gary. And his his picks were all wrong. Trust me, you, you, you ain't picking up that phone. You don't know my number in five years. Not even close. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm just going to say, um, as a, as kind of a. Um, a sentimental pick. I'm going to go with Machine Games because I think Machine Games are very, 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 very good indeed. I think the Indiana Jones game, as we've talked about before, is a bit of an odd one because the new movie 
while perfectly good, demonstrated that people don't really care that much about Indiana Jones anymore. I mean, Indiana Jones, of course, one of the great characters, one of the great film series of all time, but like they couldn't make, they couldn't make modern audiences care, right? Like not enough people would show up. It was all like people like me that grew up with Indiana Jones that went to see it. So I wonder, so I worry about just how much interest is going to be in that game. Of course, if it's an excellent game, I think people are going to go for it no matter what. But I wonder like just how much of a, a selling point the Indiana Jones name is. Like, there's a big question mark over that now because the new movie did not perform. Yeah. Um, but Wolfenstein, I mean, I, I, went, I didn't play the new Wolfenstein games until quite recently, believe it or not. I love Wolf, I love all of those kind so of games. I, I went back and played like New Order and all that stuff. Was it New Colossus? New, and, new Colossus. All of that stuff. Um, and I was like, man, these games are so good. They are so good. Like killing Nazis, it never gets old. The storytelling is actually surprisingly well done. The cinematics are amazing. What's the one... What's the one that starts with like the um, you're coming in by plane? It's like a big coastal raid on that Nazi facility, and you've got the Scottish guy with you, and you get shot down, and you climb. That's onto, New Order. Is it New Order? Like mm -hmm. just that first twenty minutes, I was like, you know, how Scorsese, this is cinema. I was like, this is video. Game. This is what video <laughs> games is all about. Like this is what I want to see. Like I'm just loving every every. I felt the same way about the first twenty minutes of Spider-Man too. When you're swinging around mm. Sandman, you're suddenly ah, yeah. like, you're just going like, this is this is video games. This is what it's all about. <laughs> and I felt that way about New Order. And I just, I remember, just all the way playing through it. Man, these games are so good. Like they should be even more celebrated than they are. So Indiana Jones, whatever. But I think whatever the new Wolfenstein thing, it like, I'm talking about about Gears of War not clicking on the trailer. If they, if they, if I went home and sat down on my computer and said, oh, new Wolfenstein trailer just dropped, that I am clicking on right away. So I'm going to go with the machine. Did you play? Uh, the Chronicles of Riddick back in the day. No. So that was yeah, that, that team yeah. when they were still at Starbreeze. That, the same okay, but that was also very, that was like, I remember was, the conversation in that game. game was like, wait, this, this game's good? Like this game is, it's oh, yeah. Riddick, but it was actually really good, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, since you love those, the Wolfenstein games so much, I would, even though they're, it's old now, I would encourage you to go back and play uh, the Chronicles of Riddick. Does it have Vin Diesel in it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, he's, he's missing it. out. Gary's I'm, missing I'm, out. I, do, I do remember people going like, the, the, how, like, it was one of those things, people like, the Chron wait, the Chronicles Riddick game has no right to be this good, right? But it was really, really well liked. Like, genuinely a phenomenal video game. I mean, how much, do we, are we just assuming that they must be working on another Wolfenstein game or is there, if they said anything I'm not. Wow, you're not. Oh, yeah. I, oh, no. Come on. I, I'm banking. How can they, they not be? be making Wolfenstein? There's no way they're not. You right? can't leave Wolfenstein on the, the shelf. The story's not me? finished, Ryan. They need to finish the story. Well, but, you know, the question is, has, have those games sold? I don't actually, and I don't know the answer to that question. Well, and they did have a bit of a dud with the one with the two, the twins. Yeah, what was the uh, Yeah. Young expansion blood. there. Yeah. yeah. That was, that right. was not well loved. Well, but I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of feel like Wolfenstein to me, I just have a very, again, I'm old enough to remember playing the original Return to Castle Wolfenstein and then Wolfenstein 3D and thinking, oh my God, this is the shit. And like every new Wolfenstein game, I, I, I think it's, if you think about it, it's a, it's a game series that has lasted now for decades and has, with a, only a couple of minor blips, retained like consistently high quality throughout. Like there's never been a period where the Wolfenstein games were like yeah. in the doldrums and they had to come back. Like every game True. has been really like good. The, the Raven one from 20... 2009-ish, like was was good, right? It wasn't it wasn't as good as the machine games versions have been. But you're right, it's never really had a 
a low But they are one of those developers, regardless of whether it's Wolfenstein, they are one of those developers where, like, if you tell me they're working with something, I'm going to pay attention. Yeah. So, yeah, 100%. Uh, something of a surprise first pick. That is a, yeah, that's a wild You like that? Yeah, like yeah that. came in a little, yeah. All right. I like it. Stella, guessing. we go to you with the second pick in the first round here. Treyarch, because I love Black Ops, and also I want a remake of World at War. Wow, okay. Yeah. Mm hmm All right. <laughs> That's a great poll, Stella. You know yeah. what? I mean, I'm stunned by that because I really like World of War, but I think the audience has shown that they don't love going back to the older dated Call of Duty games. Like well, when we played Vanguard yeah. recently, they're like, hey, we're enough with okay, World well, War II. Because... But I know, but I'm, I am. I like, I think that the audience would be, yeah, we loved World of War. Let's go. I, right. Yeah, of all the older ones that you can go back to, give us, give us World at War. And I, I have so many fond memories of going over to my friend's house and we would, they would bring over their Xboxes and like, you know, we would, we would set it up for like a LAN party and we would play uh, zombies. It was so fun. Oh my God. It was, it was my first real connection with Call of Duty. And I was like, oh my God, I see why they talk about this all the damn time. You know, Treyarch had a reputation for a long time. Well, not a reputation, but they, they absolutely lived in the shadow of Infinity Ward for quite some time right. in the Call of Duty space. Um, you know, they made, for a while, they made other non-Call of Duty things, too, before pivoting entirely to Call of Duty. But, you know, then when, when most of Infinity Ward left and went to EA and formed Respawn, uh, Treyarch didn't just become the A-team on Call of Duty by default. They, they earned it. I mean, they, they've, the Black Ops, I still, for me... I still play every Call of Duty campaign. Oh, I'm, for I'm sure. Out of the so much fun. And for me, Black Ops 1 is my favorite Call of Duty campaign. Ever. Ooh, that is a good mm -hmm. one. Yeah. The numbers, Mason. <laughs> That's, uh, and that, that little, that little JF You're band. freaking out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. That was a great campaign. So, yeah, I, I like the Treyarch pick there. That's so. a great yeah. pick. It's yeah, an, yeah. And what's interesting about that as a pick is that if you think about what Phil has said about what, um, the Activision studio, the uh, studios are going to be like under his supervision. I think you said like, we're not necessarily going to keep the Call of Duty games on this annual, an, annual treadmill, right? Where we're putting one every, the way they did that was you remember they would, they would basically alternate studios or like Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer and Treyarch would like, would take turns so that they, 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 had, they had this, each one of them had like three years to make a game. Um, but if they're going to break that cycle, I think what the people at Treyarch and Sledgehammer and Infinity Ward might be excited about and what I'm excited about is them being allowed to do something else. Like, who knows what? Like, like, it might not necessarily be the next Call of Duty game. It could be, if I was Phil, I would, I would go to all those studios and say, what do you want to do? Like, what, like, what's the idea that you've been, like, dying to do, but you can't because you've been <laughs> stuck in this Call of Duty-shaped box? Like, what excites you? And see, I, I, you know they have ideas. And they're super talented. Like, let them do something else. Yeah. Call of Duty, yes, it will always be with us. But, like, other things, too, are also good. I want to see Raven Software get turned back loose again, like like mm -hmm. in their their uh, Heretic Hexen <laughs> Jedi Knight 2 heyday. But that's... Uh, we'll see. You remember Soldier of Fortune? right? Yes, that was their last non... That yeah. was their last full non-Call of Duty game that they made. I love that game. But we'll see. Maybe, they'll, maybe somebody's going to draft them. But for now, we go to Paris Lily with the uh, third pick in the first round of the Xbox Studio <laughs> Draft. So I, I have to say, I'm surprised that the studio was not already picked. And I've said this multiple times over the years. The most important acquisition that Xbox has done is Obsidian. 
they are the most diverse studio that they have in this lineup. I mean, just going down the list, Avowed is about to come out next year. Look at the update that just came with, with Grounded. They literally added Forge into Grounded. So now you can make your own Grounded uh, playground if you, you so choose. You think about the Outer Worlds. You think about a smaller project like Pentiment. You know, I'll take you all the way back. You know, now that Bethesda is also a part, part of the Xbox family, Fallout New Vegas. Imagine them having the opportunity to go back into the Fallout world. I, I have said from the get, Obsidian now financially backed by Xbox and Microsoft, the possibilities are endless. I I, I just adore that studio. I adore the games that they make. And uh, yeah, that, that would be my number one pick. You're talking about a studio, Paris. Everything you're saying is completely on point. You're talking about a studio that has had some of the shittiest luck when it comes to... <laughs> Yeah, their 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 publishing partners. When you look at uh, uh, you look at, of course, Kotor two that they were brought in to make, which LucasArts went, yeah, we need this out for the holidays. You need to just ship it, and and, it, and they basically had to chop the ending off, which was later restored by the the community through the sort of you know what the files that were kind of the source files. You had um, shoot, I'm blanking on the name of it. One of you can help me out. The, uh, the, the, oh, Alpha Protocol for yeah, Sega. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. Alpha, yep, Protocol, Alpha Protocol, a game yes. with, a, with a ton of potential. I believe I reviewed that mm -hmm. game for OXM. Mm -hmm. So much potential, not enough time in the oven. So that didn't get there. You had South Park, The Stick of Truth, which I think did turn out amazing, but they were kind of dicked around with the THQ situation and Ubisoft picking it up. Um, and I feel like I'm even leaving out one or two times where Obsidian's been... But when they're firing on four all cylinders, though, they are really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Yeah. So excellent pick there from Paris. Uh, Mike, I'm curious who you're going to take for, yeah. for your first round pick here, the, the uh, fourth pick in the first round. We've had some fun here. We've gone Bethesda. We've gone over to Activision over here with Xbox Game Studios. And I'm going to keep it with them. I actually think I got a steal here. Playground Games. That was going to yes. be my yeah. pick. So yeah. now you, yeah, I, I was going to see how long they were going to stay on uh, undrafted, but that is. Go ahead, please tell I, I us about Playground, Playground Games. Games is a, a special dev team over there. They are cooking up something really great. Of course, IGN knows Forza Horizon Five. You know, one of the top dogs game of the game year, of the year over there. Uh, I think it's getting a lot of love, and of course, everyone enjoys that arcadey racer that they create. It is something special. But then also with Fable on the horizon, right? The opportunity to get out of just the racing realm and be able to flex those muscles on what they create with this world all of the awesome gadgets that they have used on the back end to make something so beautiful and so real-like. I cannot wait to see what they do with Fable. Can they capture the humor that we want? Can they capture that essence of the memories, but also make it new and fresh? I truly believe that they can. And I think this is a studio that we will continue to praise five years, 10 years down the line of like, man, that Playground Games team, they're doing something special over there. Paris, do you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. As soon as he said it, I go, if it came back around to the second pick, I would be grabbing them. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they I, I would have chosen them if yeah. you hadn't. I, I think they are, uh, I think they are underrated in the overall gaming space now. You know, you, you name, if you were to just ask somebody, name the top five developers in the industry, you probably get a lot of people that say Naughty Dog, a lot of people that are going to say Rockstar, a lot of people are going to say CD Projekt Red. But I think Playground is is bumping. They're they're right there. They're and I think Fable could vault them into that group if 
Fable is as good of a Fable game as uh, Forza Horizon is yeah. as, as a Forza Horizon game. So, yeah, fully in agreement with that pick, Mike. Uh, I'm, I, I fake hate you for taking them before <laughs> I can take them. But I'm also glad they didn't last to the end of the first round. True. So that puts me in a weird spot here because there's, there's now a lot of big-name studios that are not going to be first-round picks here. I mean, is is Blizzard gonna last till the second round? I was gonna say, do you think it's interesting we got this far and no one's picked a single Blizzard entity at this point? What does that say about the current state of it, Blizzard? Exactly right. You're exactly right, guys. Uh, is is three four three gonna get chosen in the first round? Is you know is rare? <laughs> I think I think rare might get chosen by uh, by Mr. Lilly back here at some point, but that's. Well, we'll you see. have the last first round pick, I right? I know. I'm and and I'm gonna see. I think I'm I might surprise. Some of you here, because I'm, I'm honestly looking this over because I was dead set on playground. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, all right, where do I go? And in the interest of time, because we're, we're only through round one here, I'm going to just make my pick. I'm going to be. I, so I will say by my own rules, the next five years. I do not believe the Elder Scrolls six will be out in that or it's going to be close. OK, OK, close. Therefore. I'm going to take id Software. Oh, id Software. Oh, you got my second pick. That was mine, too. I would have gotten it first. <laughs> yeah. Id, uh, id, of course, has gunned to my head the original Doom's probably my favorite game of all time. Uh, it's, it, I still play it. I still enjoy it. It's still fun to me. Doom 2, Doom 3. And then you had this... You had all the original crew left. They're all gone for the most part. I mean, there's like one or two, you know, Marty Stratton, who's been there for some time as, as remains. But you had this, you have this new, this new group of developers, this next generation of talent at id Software, uh, led by Hugo Martin, who, who reinvented Doom in a, in a way I think, I don't know if any of us saw it coming. No. Not in at all. In 2016. No, no, definitely not. You didn't no. think it was going to bring that kind of energy. No, where, where it, it sort of channeled the spirit of the original that I love so, so much while absolutely modernizing it and making it new and fresh and original for, for the 21st century. And they absolutely leaped over that with Doom Eternal. In my opinion, I reviewed Doom Eternal for IGN. I think Doom Eternal's might be the best single-player first-person shooter of the last five years. And yeah, I'm putting there. I'm putting Halo Infinite in that. And I love I've reviewed the Halo Infinite and gave it and gave the campaign on that a nine. But Eternal's so good. Uh, we know from a leak that we are probably getting a Doom prequel now as id Software's next game, which I will be super jazzed for. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm rounding out the first round with id Software. Any uh, any thoughts from the rest of the panel uh, on on id before we move to round two? Wait, I just yeah, realized. I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. So it's it's very silly, but. Did you name your dog Daisy after the bunny in Not Doom? on purpose. No, oh, actually, okay. I no. Thought... I, I can honestly oh, say no okay. because our daughter, we said, we, we kind of, we let her choose okay. our dog's name, but we, but like vetted by mom and yeah, dad. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. she just said like, poopy cakes, we yeah. would have said, no, we're no. not naming the yeah. dog that. Okay. But she, Daisy was one of the like first things that okay. her mouth, so, I Because I was like, yeah. I was like, wait, the bunny's Just name the in the coins. prequel. Ooh, okay, yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> No, I was just going to say that uh, I love your pick of id and, and my reasoning that I would have picked him if it came back around is if you go back to Summer Game Fest, 
um phil spencer and matt booty were on the the giant bomb couch and phil had a twinkle in his eye about the next thing that it is working on so hopefully we get that announced next year but clearly they're working on something that that has him personally excited so i'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing about that and i've always to everything that you said been, been a big fan of it and i think doom was very transformative for them really looking forward to whatever comes next with, with the doom series all right so all right we're going that Back to me here, as we're gonna snake it back for round two. Ah. Wait, you, you get two picks in a row now? Yeah, last pick. That's how, is that how it works? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, right. and then you'll get two in a row at the oh, as we circle back from two to round two, okay. to round three. All right. So, yeah. All right. What is that trophy you've got there? Oh, this is oh. Uh, only me kicking everyone's ass in kind of beauty today. <laughs> Greg. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Please go this check happened. that out on Patreon oh, right God. now. Go support happened. the team and uh, watch a great kind of Spoiler feeding. alert. Spoiler alert. You're seeing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, first pick of round two. Boy, I, I actually forgot until this moment that, oh, yeah, I get to go again. I. All right, I think I, I have to take Bethesda Game Studios okay. on the chance that that uh, the Elder Scrolls Six makes it out at the at the tail end of this generation. You really think it's more than five years away? I think it is five years away. Not more than not. I, I, that's when you look at. Uh, so it was. We went. I don't think it's going to be eight again, which is what Fallout Four to Starfield was. Okay. They had a technology transition. They were building a complete new IP from scratch. We already know, uh, I got to interview Todd Howard whenever that was, and he told me that they, they've been in pre-production on the Elder Scrolls Six already. So they should be ready. I mean, obviously they've got a team that's gonna continue to do updates and expansions for Starfield, but they seem ready to hit the ground running with, uh, with Elder Scrolls Six. but we know how big those games are. They're only taking longer and longer to make. Uh, it was what, it was, 20, let's see, 06 for Oblivion. To 11, uh, to, to yeah. Skyrim was So it was 11. about five yeah. years from, yeah. from two generations ago. And then you, got, you had uh, Fallout was, what, 2015? So that was four years, Skyrim to Fallout 3, or excuse me, Fallout 4. Um, I, I, but short answer, Gary, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be five years for a game like that. Do you think that Bethesda will always... For Elder Scrolls Six and beyond, do you think they'll continue to stick with that very familiar Bethesda style of, I'm an NPC, I'm gonna stand in front of you with my arms by my sides and talk directly at the camera and it's all a bit wooden and old fashioned. Cause a lot, cause I love Starfield, but a lot, I, me and a lot of other people like, when they played Starfield, they're like, are we, are we still doing it this way? Cause like, look at Baldur's Gate, look at what other games are doing with cinematics and NPC interactions. Like we've moved on from this. This still feels very old fashioned. And I wonder if, Starfield was a wake-up call for them like man we need to start like moving the camera around or doing something because this felt it just felt very animatronic and bland to me compared to what other games are doing with storytelling and NPC stuff yeah I think a lot of people nowadays are just like well that's how the that's like their signature thing and I'm like okay just because that's how something's been doesn't mean it's going to hold up or still be good in the future and I feel like Bethesda has kind of hit that point where they're like, oh, well, okay, maybe this charm isn't as charming anymore. Because if you go back to Skyrim, okay, it makes sense. It's an older game. Sure, it's a little bit wonky. Uh, the NPCs running into walls, it's funny. But when you get into something like Starfield, you're just like, no, I want to feel immersed. And I don't, especially when it comes to talking to NPCs. And so yeah. it's like, 
They're I, I, it's been their style forever. I get it, but yeah, like, but it's like their style is now very dated compared to what other games are doing. I remember saying at the time that I think Starfield really suffered from coming out in the same window as Baldur's Gate 3, mm -hmm. which was doing everything that Starfield was doing better, better voice acting, better characterization, better, you know, like the actual cinematics that actually felt cinematic and not just, you know, this, which I, I, I said before, like it felt like being a being in an outer space theme park where everyone's like an animatronic going, would you like to go on an adventure? And it's just all a bit fake. There was a quote recently from, um, I apologize, I'm blanking on his name. He's a, a designer that had been at Bethesda forever and just left the company and he's been kind of making the rounds doing a couple of, well, it, was, I guess it wasn't even a couple, it was the MinMax. We'll give the shout out to our friends at MinMax. Did an interview with them. And he's, he said, Gary, that, that they kind of, they, in hindsight, that they kind of feel like, they, they felt like, bef the quote was about Fallout 76, which obviously they didn't develop, but they were involved in. And he said, yeah, you know, before that game came out, we kind of thought we were infallible. You know, we could do no wrong. We'd won all these awards, sold all these millions and millions of copies, and that Fallout 76 was kind of a wake-up call for them. And I think you're, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think, I think it is, the onus is on them to, to, to go back and, and reinvent themselves and raise the bar again. That The Baldur's Gate has come in, Larry, and has said, hey, we've got a kick-ass hardcore RPG here. Uh, and and it's, it's up to Bethesda to self-motivate. I just kind of feel like Starfield as a completely new universe would have been the opportunity to do that. Exactly. Not Elder Scrolls Six, where, again, like, I can see them continuing because that's the style that's been established in that series again, and maybe that's just old-fashioned, or that's just how we do it. But Starfield, which is a totally new universe, totally new world-building, I think could have been an opportunity. And, you know, it's not like these games are developed in a vacuum. They're seeing other games that are coming out that are doing things like, with cinematics and NPC interactions that are more dynamic and more interesting and, like, just directed in a more dynamic way i mean maybe they just love that style but that like someone in the chat just called it the hall of presidents was exactly yeah. what it sounds like to me and it was like just very stiff and you kind of imagine if you if you can see down below here there's just like a podium that the top <laughs> half of the body is is on like there's just that they, bethesda does so many things really really well but i just feel like in that side of the presentation they're still kind of stuck in their in their like, collective past. The, the very best studios, which I think Bethesda Game Studios still is, like, uh, look, at, look at Rockstar, the biggest franchise on the planet, Grand Theft Auto. Like, they developed an entire new engine from scratch with this whole physics system, and, and, and they weren't afraid to... They, they, made a, they made a table tennis game that you alluded to earlier in the podcast to, to literally test it out. Like, does this work? How do, and then they, they used it for GTA 4, and it totally changed the feel of that game. And, but it allowed them to, to keep pushing on. And then with five, they said, well, we're going to have three protagonists and you're going to bounce around. You know, they're not afraid to push it. And I, and I hope, I think Bethesda, yeah, the, the onus is on them to do the same a little bit here with Elder Scrolls. I, th I think Starfield, the way that it was received was a bit of a wake-up call because I, I, I thought it was just me. But I ended up hearing that, oh, this feels a bit antiquated, like from a lot of people. And I wonder if they are kind of taking that to heart because clearly you can you but again Baldur's Gate 3 not to harp on it is and Spider-Man 2 like look at what you can do guess what? you can actually move the yeah. camera around you can have cam characters like behave like human beings in a way that in Bethesda games they typically don't and it, it took me out of it when I whenever I've gone back to Starfield and like tried to get back into it and I'm still determined to like finish it um it's it's that kind of wooden that stiff feeling that has prevented me from like feeling really invested and, in and it. you know resources won't be a problem for Elder Scrolls 6. If right. they need more developers, more manpower, more, you know, 
team members to yeah. to redo that technology and re and invent a new way. Yeah, to... and nor will having to hit like some arbitrary release date. Exactly. Right? They'll get as much time as they need. Exactly. So yeah, I'm with you. But there's still I'm still making them my my but first. But what's your the... but what's your specific prediction that in let's say exactly five years from now, Elder Scrolls Six comes out, yeah. is it still this or have they moved on? Well, g given given their history, <laughs> given their history, to, you, you you know you you illustrated it well. I think until they prove uh, until they show me otherwise, my default mm. assumption is yes, it's going to be. They're going to keep doing it that way. It's going to yeah. be that same uh, NPC dialogue presentation. Right. But I'll still be super pumped for Elder Scrolls Six, with or without a change to that system. But but uh, your point is nevertheless well taken, Mike. Ooh. Round two, yep. pick two. Ryan, we yours. have some great developers on the board still. A lot of incredible Many. teams. And uh, you highlighted one recently with Blizzard. Uh, I think I would be remiss not to select Blizzard with everything that I oh. hype up about which, them. Which, which division? Exactly. <laughs> right? Which division? That's the problem when we talk <laughs> about this. right? And I want to give a big shout out to uh, Xbox community member Clobriel. You've seen the squirrel on Twitter before with all the incredible graphics. We're using one of their graphics right now to look at all the different studios. If you ever want a good Twitter follow, if you're big into the Xbox universe, Clobriel is the person to follow. Always making some dope graphics. Is that how that's pronounced? I, always... I, I, I think it's always ah. it's always said something different okay. whenever I see uh, someone. Didn't get to meet him at Summer wondered. Games Fest. Yeah, yeah. I met him. Very nice man. Clobriel, what, what, what do you think it goes with? Are, Are you, you putting in an extra vowel there? I might. I'm putting a little extra <laughs> Here's, here's, here's the secret with Mike. Mike always adds, adds an extra letter everywhere. Just so feel it, you know? Are you secretly British inserting vowels where they don't belong? Yeah. That's why, yeah, me and Gary is right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Blizzard, though, because this is a team right now being brought in by Xbox is going to get a lot of freedom. And I think there's a lot of IP there that needs to be restored. I think we look right at StarCraft and go, okay, let's get on board with that. I do. I will continue to beat the drum. I think Heroes of the Storm needs some love, right? I think that is a great MOBA that can be ported over to the console. We have shown that MOBAs on consoles do work, and I think Heroes of the Storm is approachable. I think it's welcoming to new players. It is not intimidating like Dota and yes, League Mike! of Legends. So they yes. deserve a whole lot of love. <laughs> and I think what Diablo 4 just showed you is Diablo's here, and it's going to stay. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. I do think... We will see something special in the works with Game Pass and, of course, that monthly subscription of World of Warcraft. You have to marry those two somehow, some way. I don't know the financials and the business side of things, but like that's going to give a nice shot in the arm of player base. And WoW has been the top dog for a reason, because it is great. So it will be continuing to be great. We also know, unless the plan has changed, which it certainly can, but Blizzard straight up announced, they said, they didn't name it, but they said, Hey, uh, we're doing a survival game. Yeah, remember that. So Blizzard's got that in the works. Let's well, so this this kind of goes to my point. And like, we talk about five years is a long time, right? But in the world of AAA game development, it's not like that's the bare minimum, right? Yeah. To to release a, a, the kind of game you would expect from Blizzard, unless it's a kind of Hearthstone kind of thing, like a side project. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm thinking about like what's going to happen in the world. What's Blizzard going to do in the next five years to turn around the current narrative, which is that they're in the doldrums and they have been for a while. And what's interesting is you can pretty much chart the decline of Blizzard with the purchase by Activision, right? And having those new bosses. I would love to think that now that period is over, 
you'll start to see them come back under, you know, under new and, and better leadership. But like, where's it going to come from, right? Is, World of Warcraft is just going to continue to be World of Warcraft. That's not going to get reinvented. You're not, I don't think you're going to see like a World of Warcraft 2 or anything. They're just going to keep, as long as that's making money, they're just going to keep doing it. And World of Warcraft is a, like, if you talk to people that actually still play that game, there's a lot of unhappy, I mean, there always have been, there's a lot of unhappy people there. It's not an easy game to get into. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's hardcore raiding stuff that is inaccessible to a lot of players. World of Warcraft is just like its own thing, but I'm not expecting like the World of Warcraft narrative to like change dramatically in the next five years. Starcraft, are you going to see Starcraft 3? Any, is they going to do, I think, is, are they ever going back to that universe? Those games are hugely successful, but I don't, I, I, is, and is that coming back? I, I kind of feel like no. Diablo 4 is a weird one. It, it, there's been, been this weird roller coaster ride. It, was, it came out and everybody loved it. And then they hated it when, when we got into this, the seasonal content that people didn't like now. But now apparently it's good again. So, like, it's all over. The Diablo 4 is all over the map. They're obviously committed <laughs> to it, but no one knows what's going to happen. And then, oh, God, really? I, and, and then I, I, and I wanted then, to know how boring Gary Witt is. Stella's <laughs> tweeting at me in the middle of the show. She's <laughs> tweeting at me. Uh, Stella's making Stella. videos and tweeting them at Stella. me right now in the middle that of this show. No. Oh my God! IGN, everybody, that's what it stands for, huh? Wow! <laughs> Just tell him it's a scheduled tweet. It's oh, crazy. I know. Wait, yeah. she gave up the ground. Yeah, yeah. She gave it up. It could have been a scheduled tweet. You know, whatever. <laughs> Right. And then and, over, and, and Overwatch, they basically just kind of killed it, right? Yeah. Like it's it's in that's in a really bad place. So they've, like I, they've angered their entire fan base by basically erasing Overwatch One oh from God. existence. So yeah, that's, that was to yeah. me. Yeah. That's the question. What's what's Blizzard going to do in the next five years to get them back to like the Blizzard of old? Maybe it is this new survival game that they taught, they posted that one thing about and then never mentioned again. Like they could have canceled it. For, well, we know. I have no idea. Like what. For me, Blizzard is the most interesting one. And again, somebody goes back to like the 90s of PC gaming when Blizzard could do no wrong. Every single Blizzard game was a banger. Warcraft 3, Starcraft, you know, the Diablos, uh, World of Warcraft, just so, so good. And then it all started to go, go a bit wobbly in, in recent years. But it's still, Blizzard is still Blizzard. And I think they can get back there. But how do you get back there? Do they, do they need to create something completely new, like this survival game, or like try to breathe... Because I think Overwatch is honestly, I think it's done. Like I think they kill. I think I they, agree with you. They they just killed it. Um, but yeah, what you got? Is it isn't this what basically what Phil Spencer was talking about when he was on the Xbox podcast? And obviously they've been doing the rounds, going to all the Activision studios. That this is why you go to Blizzard and go. What is it that you guys want to do? In other words, I want to give back that creative freedom so that you can make the games that you want to make. So I would think in in that respect. Maybe in the next five years, we will see some new things. Again, going back to the survival game and maybe something else that Blizzard actually wants to make versus just feeding into the machine that Activision had become over the past decade. That, and that's the thing. I, I said the same thing about machine games. And I, I think the same is true of Blizzard. A lot of these studios that are under the yoke of Activision have just been forced to just keep cranking out like, you know, sequels and, and remakes and, you know, DLC for stuff that's known to make money. Like Overwatch 2 being probably the worst example of that. And it's just like, just keep doing more of the same. If you go to any of these studios and say, what do you really want to do? Like, where's that? What's that idea in your drawer that you've been killing? I guarantee you they've got 50 of them. They, they would love to do. And they just need to be allowed to yeah, right. explore that. I think that's the key. Let Blizzard be Blizzard. Let Blizzard cook. Yeah, Let them exactly right. Go. Let them go. Uh, speaking of cooking, Paris. So the pick is yours. Since Mike, since Mike stole my pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And and ironically enough, I'm surprised that the studio hadn't been picked already. And it kind of just goes back to the previous discussion that we were having uh, the coalition. I mean, it is, again, argued they are probably, you know, before all these acquisitions, the most important studio at Xbox Game Studios, not only for the Gears franchise, but, you know, we've heard the whispers and rumors that they've also been kind of the the, the fixer to, to come in at the end and help some of the other studios as well, you know, get a game out, out the gate. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say going to say the coalition, because I think whatever gear six ultimately winds up being within the next five years, I think one thing that we can count on, it is going to be a showcase game for for Xbox um, from a visual standpoint and probably from a technical standpoint as well. So, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say the coalition. I was absolutely going to, they were on my short list for round three. That's right on the list is right. That's Uh, a great choice. Yeah. I I think you're absolutely right. That's a, it's a solid pick there. We we're definitely going to get a game from them in the next five years, at least, you know, at least gear six. And then uh, what, what'll happen from there remains to be seen, but solid stuff. So uh, we are halfway through round two here. Stella, we'll go back to you. Yeah. uh, I will take Mojang. I was going to go with that. That's a great choice. I mean, it has stayed consistent. Like, they have stayed so consistent and continue to build new projects. I mean, we got Minecraft Dungeons and Legends, and those are really good. And, I mean, Minecraft just lives on and on, and they're constantly pushing out updates for it. There are always new mods for it. It's just not going to die anytime soon. So, that's my pick. So, (laughs) let's take a little other minute on that, though. Okay. are you, what do you kind of expect from them out of the next five years? We know they're, they've done a great job of, A, not killing Minecraft, which yeah. is what a lot of people feared when Microsoft bought it. Like, oh, Microsoft's going to ruin this. They paid $2 billion. They're going to run it into the ground. Mm-hmm. They absolutely haven't done that. They have nurtured it. They've, it, it conti- my, my 12-year-old loves this game. Yeah. And, and I mean, what is this? Uh, help me out, people. This is 2009. Is that when sort of the initial Minecraft playables were out and starting to blow up on pc so does it go that far back i have november 18 2011 11 okay when i got on the over a decade quick one okay. yep mm-hmm. so if it was longer doesn't it, it 2009 like I know, right. yeah. Original, yeah originally released 2009 okay okay so good job brain we did it <laughs> you um, got it so what, what do you think you think we're going to continue to get more like minecraft dungeons and other sort of spinoffs within the universe i definitely think so i mean there you can see that they're dipping their toes into what will stick with the uh audience and i definitely think i I mean maybe an mmo might be the next thing right like Mm. all these things they're roboxes right yeah they're they're focusing on these things and it's really interesting i I do love that they've been pushing out more updates that have been making different servers more accessible to everyone instead of you know having to do the roundabout thing where you have to make like a fake server and you know then attach it to that but now it's easy um, so I definitely think we're going to get some new, maybe some new world builds, uh, definitely a lot of new, uh, I know they've been updating mobs, they've been updating different nature uh, aspects like new trees, stuff like that. So they'll keep pushing those out for main Minecraft, but I definitely think they're going to be pushing out other um, peripheral games. And I, th- I think maybe like a Minecraft MMO might be a thing um, because people already do a lot of role playing within these custom servers. So why not give them one game where you can do all of that? in an MMO where you can build your own character and, you know, still do the survival crafting thing. So I'm, yeah. I like the MMO idea. Mm-hmm. It is, I think that is an interesting way to kind of uh, maybe claw some stuff back. Cause I guarantee you, cause I've seen it in my, in my own um, uh, house. My daughter used to be obsessed with Minecraft. Now she plays Roblox. Yeah. And it has been, a, I think Roblox <laughs> has probably taken a lot of that core kid audience away from Minecraft. Yeah. It is remarkable what they've done. Like the level of like 
kind of cultural penetration that Minecraft did. Like, it's everywhere. You know, you go to Target and every other book on the shelf is like a Minecraft, like kid, like player's guide or whatever, or novelization is a movie. You know, they're doing the movie. There's all, it's, it's huge. And five years, like, I have no doubt at all. I think probably the safest prediction you can make is five years from now, Minecraft is still going to be huge. Not going anywhere. It's, it's going to continue to tap into whatever, whatever that is, that special source that like hooked like billions of children around the world is going to continue to, to be that. The question is, what else can they do? And I thought Dungeons was terrific. Legends, I don't know, is the, that felt like less of a, of a slam dunk, right? People were kind of more, were more mixed on Legends. So it's not like everything they do is, is necessarily like a banger, but I think, they, I think they will continue to iterate on the, on the core game. I think they'll continue to experiment with these like kind of one-off, um, you know, genre extensions. Like what if, what if Minecraft was this or that? Um, you know, it's like something like BattleBit, right? Which is like a kind of Minecraft-esque uh, Battlefield game. There's all, all kinds of different ways they can iterate. But I, I, I actually really, for the, like the long-term future of it, I really like the MMO idea. The only issue with that is the core audience is kids. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really careful with like the oh, yeah. social interaction aspects of that. It's interesting because I was going to choose as well, Stella. And I was actually <laughs> going to go with, I really enjoy that they've been letting other developers play inside the sandbox. And I think we'll see a single player one. Mm -hmm. Similar to what we saw with Telltale kind of telling yeah. that story. I think they will figure out a way to make a single player experience. Maybe you are at the heart of the story, which is already what Minecraft is. But I do think that they will figure out a way to make a single player game is what I'd be looking for. The one thing I would also look for in addition to what you guys are all talking about is... I think sometime in the next five years, I'd be stunned if Microsoft does not figure something out with a with one of the major studios and gets a Minecraft movie finally done. It's yeah. been talked about for so long. Uh, you know, next five years, I'd I'd be willing to to make an in and out lunch bet as we do on Unlock <laughs> that there will be a Minecraft major motion picture. All right, we come to the end of round two, and also then we'll. We'll bend back around mm -hmm. for the start of round three. So the next two picks go to one Gary Witta. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, if I'm taking it seriously for a moment, like what, if I had to pick something that five years from now, I could feel like most assured that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy with that pick according to whatever metric that we've applied, um, double fine. Yeah, because oh, they just because they just because they <laughs> sorry Paris because they they never miss they never <laughs> ever miss and if you, and, and because they're a small team and they're agile and they put out you know, they, they come out of nowhere oh here's another cute little indie game that's awesome you didn't even know we were doing they will probably release more games in the next five years than any of these other studios so I, I you know it's, it's like, you can't go wrong it's Tim it's they're all brilliant over there it's yeah I, I'm very very confident in that pick well. Not only that, this, this goes back to what Paris was talking about earlier with, uh, with Obsidian, where Double Fine stands, I, I think to your exact point, Gary, they have maybe the highest ceiling in terms of where they are now. Like, they're already a great studio, but they have, I don't think Tim Schafer would, would mind or would, would argue with me saying this, they, they've kind of, they've sort of struggled to survive. Yep. Over the last five years in terms of, you know, Tim's talked publicly about, you know, he hasn't really been able to spend a lot of time on creative because he's had to go basically door to door trying to get deals signed just to keep the lights on in the studio. There have been times over the years when obviously Tim is, is a genius, one of, one of the most brilliant people in the industry. And Double Fine is a fantastic developer. 
and we should be grateful for the fact that they're still around because there have been times over the years where, yeah, I'm like, how, how are they still going? Like, they can't be making that much money. Again, Tim's been very open about, you know, the, 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 the struggles. They had that catastrophic flirtation with EA back in the day trying to kind of, well, they've got, they've got money, right? This will be good. No, it wasn't. Um, and then Microsoft coming in and saving them, I think, could have been the best thing because uh, hopefully that allows... Cause the best thing you can do with, with, with Tim and that team is just let them get on with it, right? Exactly. They shouldn't have to be worried about, what you know, are we going to make the rent? Like, just let them make great games. That's what they're good at. And that's, that's what I'm talking about with that, with that ceiling from where they are now is they don't have to worry about keeping the lights on anymore, and they can, they can just go nuts. And in, and in a world where we're becoming like increasingly homogenized and um, games are starting to look increasingly like each other, there's only like four types of games anymore, like at the AAA level. Um, Double Fine is like one of the truly like idiosyncratic developers on here. Like, they, 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 you know a Double Fine game when you see it because no one else could have made it, right? It's, they, they are truly their own, you know, they're iconoclasts. They do what they want. They just, they, I think they, every game that they do there is, is, um, built off of a creative imperative. Not a, they're not looking at spreadsheets going, hmm, what kind of genre is successful? It's like, oh, I've got an idea. Like, what if a fish had a, a bicycle or whatever, and they make a game out of it, and it's awesome? Because, like, what's the worst Double Fine game you've ever played? Like, they, they, they don't have any bad ones. Like, their, their hit rate is pretty remarkable. And they're always just little things, costume quests, like these cool little things that they do. Like, it's have always delightful. Have you watched, by the way, Gary, did you watch the cartoon with your daughter? Which cartoon? The Costume Quest show? No, I played the game, but I didn't, I didn't see the it's, show. I mean, I think there were, I want to say two seasons of it, and I think it was on Prime Video. I'm not sure if it's still there. Highly recommend it. Okay. You'll both, it is, my daughter and I watched it, and we both loved it. It is really, really good. But it's a, a Double Fine, to me, is just one of those developers where, like, if they didn't exist, you'd have to create them, like, because you need those voices and it's why it's one of the reasons why i love nintendo is because nintendo will just kind of do weird stuff that no one else will do and i think that's really really important like infinity ward so like for example infinity ward sledgehammer treyarch all great developers i couldn't tell you the difference between the three of them right they they all make the same sort of games they're all like i guess like equally talented but like if you show me a game and said this is an infinity game if you show me like a new shooter or whatever it was and you said to me is this an infinity ward sledgehammer or treyarch game i couldn't tell you how would i know but I'll, 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 I will guarantee you I can, I can spot, I can pick a double fine game out of a lineup, you know, in a blind test easily. Yeah. Paris, you were uh, frustratingly, <laughs> lovingly uh, upset at that pick. I'm amazed it lasted it. that long. I yeah, thought someone else was going to grab it. I, I know you've got something to say about double fine. Paris. No, I mean, I mean it, it's everything that both you and Gary have already said. It's just now that Tim and that team does not have to worry about the financials and they can just literally go cook and make great games. I, yeah, I'm expecting some, some great things to, to come out of double fine over the next five years for sure. All right. We, uh, we now move into round three. There are still, so th part of the, the fun of this exercise, at least as I intended it was to sort of show how much talent Microsoft now has under their, under their umbrella. And I mean, yes, they've, purchased a lot of it mm -hmm. it's it's not necessarily been homegrown there's kind of a new york yankees approach to this but the point is like there are a ton of great studios we, we've we've collectively drafted 10 studios and there are huge names that have been that are still undrafted so that just goes to show the strength of of what of the portfolio that microsoft has built well does it show you the weakness of those big names well, you both. know, there's that would be the the maybe 
British pessimistic way to look at it as well. I, I prefer to call it pra pragmatism. <laughs> well, Gary, you have the first pick of our third and final round here. Yeah, I've got to do. I, I just remembered I've got to do two picks in a in a row. Yeah, that that uh, bit me uh, earlier in the in the show as well. I, I found myself in the same quandary. It's nothing. It's nothing from the Activision stable. I don't think. So as you yeah, as you ponder here, I'll kind of mention some some uh, studios still on the table. Uh, Infinity Ward is still out there. Raven, who I, I talked about earlier, is still out there. Uh, you have three four three still on the table. Yep. The Initiative, who you know, seemingly a bumpy ride going on over there, but they're making a a very sort of interesting in concept. Perfect Dark game, first-person stealth. Uh, we have In Exile still on the board with uh, a Clockwork Revolution, extraordinarily promising RPG there. Rare is on the board. Turn 10 is still on the board. Uh, Arc both Arcane. I decided to split the Arcanes because they just make okay. different games. Yeah, yeah. They're effectively two different studios. I didn't think it was fair to maybe uh, throw them all. Really? Because on my pick on my board here, they're listed as one thing. Yeah, we have another piece of paper for you. Oh, I got to look at how many yeah. pieces of paper do I have to look You've at? You've got, got a lot of paper. Back, so, far back page. Uh, so yeah, so that's that. That's kind of a, a quick overview of what's what's still out there. Here as we go to round three. So, Gary, I, I uh, turn to you now. Well, I was going to pick Arcane, but now you're confusing me by splitting them in two. Which what, what's the difference between the two? Which one is which games should, go to under Austin and well, which games go under Leon? Should we just let him pick? Right, let me I have one. Pick one. Yes. Take yeah. one. Why, why yeah. confuse it? Right. I'm gonna I, just give you all of it. All right, we'll I'm give gonna, you. I'm gonna have. <laughs> I'm gonna have. I'm gonna pick Arcane, and I'll t and I'll tell you why. Right. Because I think it may, may seem like a weird pick because we're coming off the back of their big flub, right? Redfall has not was not well received. It was a bit embarrassing, right? I mean, remember when Phil came on here to talk about the response to it? That that made big news because Phil was very contrite about it. I think they were all were all a bit shell-shocked and it was like a big punch in the gut that was when we were talking about Elcast and the vibes are off and it was a kind of a, a bit of a dark period in the middle of the year there for xbox because redfall had been very heavily um hyped and it just it fell flat right nobody cared um but i can't but i feel like everyone should be allowed to fail and if you look at their preview if you look at prey if you look at um particularly you know the dishonored games death loop those are all Excellent, excellent game. So we know they can make excellent games. I think Redfall is the exception rather than the rule. I think that's the aberration. Yeah. And I kind of feel like as they lick their wounds and think about what's next, they're going to be more um, motivated than ever to like come back strong and show that they can still do it. I think you know failure is a, a talk about. I've talked about it a lot in the past. I think failure is the greatest teacher and the greatest motivator to do better next time. I my prediction is that whatever Arcane does next will not necessarily erase like the stain of Redfall, but they'll be like, oh, they're back and they're making good games. And, like, Redfall was like the was the one that they missed. But I don't think like Redfall is like, oh, Arcane's not good anymore. Like they, yeah, they they missed, but everyone misses from time to time. I I choose to believe, maybe it's the romantic in me, but I choose to believe that Arcane can and will still do it in the next few years. You'll see them continue to do that. They'll come back. One of the one of the things about the Redfall situation, Gary, was uh, in the reporting that we got kind of in the, in the immediate aftermath of it was that that studio was not, was not basically not built to make a multiplayer game, and that was one right. of a number of problems. Do you think that they will, they have made their first and last multiplayer game and they'll go back to doing what they <laughs> yeah, do? Yeah, I remember reading about that. A lot, of the, a lot of the developers internally were not happy about that 
because I, I think originally it was a single player and they pivoted because like, that's where the trend lines were going. Oh, we want to be more multi. But the developers like, I'm not excited about it. I think it was a bit of a square peg in a round hole. I think there was just like a fundamentally wrong decision that was made about what kind of game they were making at the foundational level. And once that die was cast, there was only so much they could do. I still have questions about why the game was allowed to ship in the state that it was. Like it's either you knew it was that bad and you're negligent or you didn't know it was that bad and you're incompetent. Which one is it? Like, it's not, it doesn't sound like a very kind thing to say, but like when games ship in that, in, in that uh, state, there's no excuse and questions have to be asked and, and answered about why that was allowed to happen. I think one of the questions I asked Phil at the time was like, what do you do when something happens like this? Do you do like a whole post-mortem where you try to like pick through the rubble and like analyze what went wrong? Like, what can we learn from this? Well, that's the most important thing, right? What do, you, what do you learn from this so this doesn't happen again? How do we come back stronger next time? I have no doubt that that process has been, you know, going on and probably is still going on. They're very aware that they really took an L with Redfall. But at the end of the day, the, the, the great games that they've made still vastly outnumber the one bad one that they've made. And I choose to believe that that was an aberration and they'll, and they'll come back and like the old, the arcane that we loved from, uh, I, I, I was thinking Dishonored is, the, is the, the games that I associate most with arcane. Those games are so, so good. Um, that we'll get, we'll get the, they'll get the vibes. The vibes will be back with the next game. That's my prediction. Excellent pick to kick off round three. Stella, we go to you for your third and final pick here in our Xbox Studio Fantasy Draft. Yeah, I'll say three, four, three because they've been making huge strides. I mean, with with Halo Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> you got him. Is it parents? Your parents. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think they've been doing a great job. They've been showing how much they do care about the future of Halo. Um, they have been able to learn from their mistakes and also just make up for the time that players have lost on, especially Forge, and they're constantly giving players more tools and um, always tweaking things. I mean, the, the, the reason I say this is because they actually took their battle pass down from 100, like, smaller rewards to focusing on quality over quantity, and they pushed it mm -hmm. down to 50, and still keeping the battle pass open so that you can go ahead and finish it whenever you want. And I, it's just really cool to see them adapt to the to the live service times and be able to kind of find their footing. So I, f I feel like they I feel like the future of Halo is pretty safe with them right now, especially with Infinite. So yeah, if I can just add on to what you're saying, yeah, and they were going to be my pick for for a lot <laughs> of what you're saying right now, uh, for the simple fact that. That multiplayer is back, man. I have mm -hmm. been obsessed with it the past couple of weeks. I've already finished the battle pass as an example. And um, I've started to jump, dip my toe into some ranked matches. I'm, I'm not oh. very good, but I'm but I'm having fun. And that, that's kind of the whole point. Oh, we got to team up for okay, sure. Great. Okay, you, can, awesome. yeah, yeah. You, can, you can literally carry me, please. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but but the point on it is to, to, to you know, everything. Yeah. Three, four, three. Halo Infinite obviously has had a, a rough few years. But here with season five and them adding that four JI, um, I have found some incredible campaign levels that people have made already. In, in the past couple weeks. So it just really excites me to think, what are they gonna be doing six months from now when, when some of these creators have really had time in Forge with this AI stuff? So yeah, I think the future for Halo is bright. I, I am, I'm very confident that they've righted this ship and I think moving forward, whatever the quote unquote next project is going to be, um, I'm gonna be excited for it because I, I think the the new leadership over at 343 and everything that they're doing, they're doing it the right way. And, and you made an excellent point about that battle pass I, I think xbox doesn't want me talking about this my camera went out but um 
with that battle pass, it's quality over quantity now. And and I enjoyed going through the 50 levels of that battle pass. And every time I got something that made more sense to me versus just mm-hmm. getting things that I knew I would never use. Right. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm very happy for 343 and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what they'll do over the next five years. Uh, a 343 is probably one of the most interesting development teams underneath the Microsoft umbrella right now because there is a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths from what they have done from four into five into infinite, right? We kind of look at this team of expecting more, expecting better, right? And I think, you know, we can forget about the past and say, hey, here we are right now with a much better Halo experience. And hopefully moving forward, this team is on the right track, right? And it is hard to forget the past. And I am someone who looks at the game right now and goes, okay, what is it in the future? And so that's where the team excites me of like, hey, we're getting on the right path. What can we do, right? But there's still so many big question marks. Can this team do it? Is this engine, that slip space engine, the correct call? Because we saw there was a lot of question marks with that and the development team and having people come help. Is this going to be the right move? You hope with the Activision Blizzard King, more teams can come in and help, especially with first-person shooter expertise. But where is this team a year, five years from now? Are we still on slip space? Are we on something else? Is this team still the dedicated Halo team? It's a fair question. Yeah, they're. Uh, I, I. By the way, I would have taken them if, if nobody else did. Yep. I would have uh, <laughs> drafted them at the end of the the, the draft here. But is yeah, this what got... other podcasts are like? By the way, because I don't listen to I any. Know, but like, we're having this like really interesting in depth discussion about video games. It's like <laughs> I've I've no I have no experience of this. Oh this, this, this is what like when you listen to other games. This is what are pod- you talking I, I... crap about your own podcast that <laughs> you do well, every <laughs> week? No, mostly me, because like when 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 uh, when Xcast episodes go completely off the rails and just end up being about nothing, it's because of me. And and, and my and my comparisons do their best, but I'm just like I'm just sitting back and listening to this like erudite right, conversation, thinking, wow, I should listen to like is this what is, is this what like, unlocked is like? Because oh. that sounds really interesting. <laughs> I love it every week. You listen to unlocked, yeah, yeah. I should I should I should start listening to it. Some great Xbox podcasts out yeah, it's there. It's almost like we have a we have a veteran host or something. Yeah, oh, it's like right? a professional. I'm not saying I'm any good? I just I'm saying I've been doing <laughs> no, it for I'm a while. No, I'm saying you're good. Oh, I appreciate. Yeah, so, there you Thank go. You. The three four three thing is interesting though because it really wasn't. It's amazing how fast the narrative changes, right? It really wasn't that long ago you'll remember in Paris as well that we were sitting here saying like the vibes are all wrong like should they and we were having like these really kind of doom-mongering conversations about Halo like should they just like wash their hands of Infinite and, and reboot it and move on and do something else like they're really really in a slump right how do they get out of this mess where people weren't responding to the seasonal content and player base was drifting away remember three foot they lost a lot of their top people over the course of the, over the I don't know, project leads and so forth remember thinking like man they're in a bad shape and uh, I don't know if it like fixes everything, but it seems like this one, I know Paris is loving it, this one new, this most recent season seemed like it fixed a lot of the things that were off. So like they've, it, it, they've the ship has turned around very quickly. Like you never know what's going to be around the corner with these live service games. I- I'm still stunned that we haven't gotten campaign DLC. I know that wasn't really in the cards, but like when you look at it, right, when you think <laughs> Halo, it is stunning that we haven't had a conversation we haven't looked to do this we haven't tried to do this because they've been behind the eight ball just trying to get us to where we are today but i am wowed that we don't have a halo infinite hive buster scenario which is a two and a half hour experience maybe a mini island of some sort with blue the open world. team was referenced uh, in the audio it's line. crazy ryan i'm <laughs> i am someone who says i don't know why i don't have more campaign gameplay experiences here especially Mike. if it's a platform Mike, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, and, and again, obviously we know nothing of what a 343 is officially going to do in, in that aspect. But again, some of these campaign forge maps 
that I've played already. Like there's one <laughs> that I did. It was like you have to infiltrate this this um the banish, like this this whole foundation based and, and it's just chaos from the moment that you come in and it's some of the most fun that i've had from a pv pve standpoint halo in a very long time and this is just a community doing it so i i, I i'm holding out hope that we will get something official from 343 as far as campaign goes because i think now they have, have the opportunity <laughs> with with these forge tools to be able to do it in-house and give us something unique that you know we, we obviously have not had yet you know we, from the infinite campaign so i think we might and my camera went out again so maybe i'm wrong but i think we might <laughs> so i mean it's, it's got to be better than spartan ops though yes if it's, yeah, if it's like a course. forge ai thing it's spartan ops was a was a you know a valiant attempt but it, it just it wasn't it it, you know, I, I know I'm always a little more critical, but I do believe in that team. I do think they have the resources. They do have the help. They, I think they know, we've said it a lot, their backs are against the wall. They're trying their best, right? But, like, this is a team that I do believe in. I do know, from what we played of Halo Infinite, it is a blast to play moment to moment. Absolutely. The content wasn't there, so they're on the right path. I do believe in 343 five years from now. So that's the thing. When you think about this five-year time horizon, like, what do you expect them to have done five years from now. 343 is, a is one of these like weird studios where it was, it was created to do one thing, right? It was make Halo games, right? Same as like Coalition and Gears of War and other studios, they just make one, that's it, that's it. You make Halo games now. Um, five years from now, like what's, what's the reasonable expectation? It, 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 maybe they are outsourcing the PVE stuff now to the, to the community and say, we're not gonna build campaign DLC because it's too much time and money for things that people play once and move on from, unlike multiplayer where you can just like, you know, reiterate it for forever. Um, like, aside from just continuing to do seasons and iterate on the multiplayer and continue to kind of finesse it and maintain it and make it better each season, hopefully, and keep players interested, what else, what else is it reasonable to expect? Like, is, like, would they release something new? There's not going to be another major single-player Halo game in the next five years, but what might there be, like, like you said, like campaign DLC or something that isn't just... Here's the next season. I, I think we probably are about five years away from whatever Halo 7. Uh, yeah, I think we get a new one. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think we move away from this 10-year platform and we get a new one. Yeah. Right. Uh, which, you know, again, we'll... Because they... <laughs> to, to your own point, Gary, great point is they, did, they lost a lot of key people either through just departures or there were some layoffs as well, uh, Microsoft 343. So they've, they've got to find... They've got to decide, are we going to build this thing by promoting internally and and sort of cultivating and betting on our own internal young talent that that's still here or are we going to bring in you know are we going to are we going to come go sign some free agents basically we're going to bring in some some talent which uh which they they kind of did with infinite and again the, at least campaign wise with a lot of success like uh paul crocker who i got to talk to when we, we went up and did an ign first uh, month of coverage like our cover story thing before the game came out, and, and Paul Crocker was a, a guy who uh, was one of the leads on Rocksteady's Batman Arkham trilogy. You know, so th there, were, there were some people with some decorated resumes that are now no longer at 343 for one reason or another. So, yeah, it's going to take them some time to, to rebuild the talent, either, you know, internally, externally, or, or some combination thereof. And to your point, Mike, is they've got a tech decision to make Yo, because we, we've heard decision. a lot about now granted it's to be fair it's it's kind of internet scuttlebutt we don't know quite where the truth ultimately lies but you know are are they going to ditch slip space for unreal that was sort of the rumor is that what the way they're going to go because 
the, the word on slip space was not that it's bad technology, but that it was taking forever to onboard contractors and other people and get them up to speed on the tools, which slows down the progress of the game dramatically. And do you go with something like an Unreal that we know Unreal 5 looks good? And if you do that, can you make it feel like Halo? Because I think we'd all agree as people that play a ton of Halo, there is a feel to Halo, which is in part a tech thing and, and I guess part design thing as well. I don't quite pretend to understand the full recipe there, but, but yeah, there, there, there are some big decisions to be made. But yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that the Halo 7, whatever that is, uh, is, is probably about five years away or roughly the start of the next console generation. Okay. Where, are we, where do we leave off here? Stella's went with 343. Ah, is pa Paris is still here, just not uh, on video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Paris, not, your, not your third round and final pick here. You've got Obsidian and the Coalition so far. And I'm, for my final pick, I'm going to go with NXile. Um, I think, again, talking here in the next five years, we know that they're working on Clockwork Revolution, which I think has a huge opportunity uh, of to be a special game um i think <laughs> just just to be funny for a second i think their social media team is some of the best in the business right now i i love some some of the stuff they put out but that that team has always missed out obviously the wasteland series things that they've done like that so to get that reveal for clockwork revolution um i think they might be on to something here i'm it's one of my most anticipated upcoming xbox games for sure so looking forward to that so that'll be my final pick Paris, big fan of, uh, it's got some West Coast bias with, yes. with Paris here. Obsidian, <laughs> Southern California, the Coalition, I, Vancouver, Inexile, Southern California. Yeah, ironically enough, yeah, Inexile and Obsidian are, are really close to where I live, so, so maybe that's why. <laughs> he's just trying to, he's playing politics, just trying uh -huh. to keep, stay friendly with, with the, local, the local dev teams. And, and hey, uh, you know, you could do a lot worse than, than being friendly with Obsidian and Inexile, so... Paris has got the uh, the AAA Western RPG on lock with his with his fantasy team here, which Mike, we come to you now for uh, your final pick here in the third round. Man, this has been fun, Ryan and the gang, because I think we can give a lot of like honorable mentions, a lot of shoutouts. I am surprised, but also I, I'm. I'm not going to pick them King themselves. I think I'm a little nervous because I don't know that much of the mobile market and the games themselves, but I think that would be a solid one. But for me, I'm going to go across the pond to Ninja Theory. I nice. think Xbox fans are in for a big treat. Now that they're under the umbrella of Microsoft, we're going to get Hellblade 2. We're going to go forward with this team that has a lot of talent, uh, something that is really special when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to mocap capturing these facial animations and so much more. This is a team that has proven what they can do. And I think, you know, after, of course, the first Hellblade and then coming in late to the Xbox world, I think more Xbox fans are going to be really put on to what this talented group is all about. That's a great pick. That is a really great pick. We know, you know, they are working on a what is going to be a very beautiful Unreal Engine 5 game, talking about <laughs> Unreal as we have throughout this podcast. Uh, Hellblade 2, we're expecting it in 2024. It was, it was the first officially announced Xbox Series X game announced alongside the console back at uh, the Game Awards in, what, 2019 yeah. that was, right? So we've been waiting on it a long time. You're right that they just, they, they seem to have this studio-wide uh, keen curiosity and interest in psychology yes. and how that can 
that can affect the game experience and, and really be a, a part of the story and a part of the gameplay. So I love What it. is happening with Project Mara? Because they did that really interesting reveal of it back in the day, and they talked about how it was going to speak to kind of mental health and stuff like that in a way that perhaps took it even further than Hellblade did. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really interesting. I think Ninja Theory, because I like the pick. I was going to, I was like, there's no way like, it's coming back to me before the last one before Ninja Theory goes. And Mike took it right away. So I, I get it. Like the Hellblade games are amazing. Technical showpieces, right? They, they look incredible. I just kind of feel like they just do really interesting. Like everything they need to do is interesting. So, oh, that's, you know, again, not many other developers would would take that creative risk with, with what you're doing. But I, I remember they, they showed that little behind the scenes of Project Mara and said, oh, we're going to be doing this cool interest. And then nothing, but like presumably it's still in development. My guess, and it is nothing more than a guess, would be that it's all hands on deck trying to get Senua Saga out the door right now. Yeah. And then they pivot, pivot back to that. But I, that's a, it's a great question. But I mean, I'm very interested to see what the next, because I think Hellblade, the Hellblade games are cool, but I really want to see what the next thing that isn't Hellblade from them looks like. Yeah, I'm very interested in what Project Mara is. For me, like you said, we're on the outside just guessing, right? I always wondered, was this just a tech demo of what are we capable of? What is next, right? Like, we've never felt like, oh, this is going to be the next big game or anything from my perspective. I always thought it was Hellblade. And then, hey, are they just showing what they can create? Because like you said, Gary, when you watch that trailer, it's just like, water dripping out of a faucet into a sink and you're going man is this real life what is going on here but it didn't have much clues to oh this is a game this is what's going to go down can All i right. can i pivot this back to hellblade for just one second because now that we're doing this crossover i'm fascinated to get uh, uh stella and, and yourself ryan your opinions on this Hellblade 2 was the first game that we saw in this generation for xbox uh, you know obviously the game awards 2019 and we're going into 2024 and it's still not out yet. We still know very little about it. We've obviously seen it a couple times since. Does that concern you? Stella? You, Ryan. I'll start. Okay. Stella. <laughs> <laughs> no, screw you, Paris. Um, yeah. Oh my God, what is that? Oh, is I, that I love picture? you, Barry. <laughs> oh my God, is that the, the Starfield guy? Oh, it's bad. Hellfield, yeah. yeah. Starfield. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, no, I'm not like super surprised. I, I, it's definitely, it's not like one of those games that you feel like is fake and is never going to come out. I could, I could name names, but I'm not going to. Um, I, I think I would prefer to not hear anything, and you know, instead of being like, oh, we get so many of these things, and now I know what the game is about, and it's almost spoiled. You know, like those movie trailers that reveal too much. I don't want that. Um, because we got a lot of that with Starfield too. We got so many sneak peeks. We got so many gameplay clips. And um, I'm just like, no, give, give us something when you have a concrete date, when you feel confident about it, let us know. And that'll make us feel good about it. So for me, I'm not concerned. Uh, I would rather them wait until they have something more concrete, like a time or, you know, whatever else they want to show us. Paris, I think it's a really fair question. And I would say I'm not bothered by it in this context, because as we all know, in 2019, uh, which continued into 2020, Microsoft was in this position of their own making of having the reputation of they have no games. And, and they'd announced, they're announcing a new system. Well, what, what, what do you have? <laughs> and they, they had nothing. And, and with Hellblade 2 at the time, it's like, well, we, ha we know this is going to be interesting. We know it's going to be beautiful. All right, let's, let's show this. And we, we saw them have, have to play, really show a lot of their cards in that 2020 showcase as well. That was... We got 
you know, State of Decay 3 and all kinds of games that we haven't heard from since announced then because they, they kind of had to show all show their hand and say, no, look, we have games. And, you know, the downside of that is they had to do that when those games weren't really ready to be shown. Yeah, they probably had that first look at, at Hellblade 2 was something they probably had to, like, cobble together, right? Most likely. And and I do think also in terms of, like, are you concerned the game's taking so long to make? Certainly from, from my answer to that question would be no, because I, I really think that we are now... I think Cyberpunk changed everything. I think that, the, I talked about it a lot, but the launch of that game was so catastrophic and the fallout from it was so great and it took CD Projekt Red so long to get it back. I always believed they would get there, but they obviously now Cyberpunk now is in great shape, but like yeah. that's what it should have been at launch. And I, I think now that was, it's, it's happened before, but something about Cyberpunk was like, it was so bad that I think that's now been a big cautionary tale. And the, ne the next time a big AAA publisher is looking at a game going, well, we, we kind of need to ship it, but it's got major problems. Like now I feel you're going to on the side of no, let's wait. Cause it's just going to be worse for us if we try to ship it now. Yes, we'll make our fiscal quarter, but it's going to end up hurting us in the long run. I think companies are now a little bit more wise to that. And again, let it take the time it needs to take and get it right. Cyberpunk died for the sins of the industry. Yeah, but, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's one way to look at it. I don't disagree. Final pick here, because we have been running... Gosh, we're coming up on two hours here, so everybody probably wants to get the heck out of here. I want to go see if my baseball team is going to be eliminated <laughs> tonight. I hope not. Uh, again, there's, there's some really incredible studios that are not going to be chosen here in this 15-pick draft. And, I, you know, I'm looking at this, I'm like, is turn 10 really going to go undrafted? I was going to say, but by the time this is done, and obviously we had the last round of picks to go, is there going to be one studio that's like, man, like all this talk about Activision Blizzard being acquired and like in this whole thing, they didn't pick this studio that would be considered one of the biggest ones. Well, I'm going to go over after I make my pick, we'll kind of just, we'll go over who got, you know, from which division who got chosen here. Uh, I am going to make a pick from the Activision side Ooh, of things. Okay. And I, this one, it's a risky pick because in five years, they might not do what I am hoping that they're going to do. They might just keep doing what they've been doing. Uh, and that is near and dear to my heart for a long time, Raven Software. I'm going with Raven oh, wow. for my final pick because wow. uh, they have so much talent. Heretic, Hexen, Hexen 2, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. And Her unless I'm much, mis I'm, maybe I'm wrong, unless I'm much mistaken, Star Trek Elite Force. Yes, sir. Which was good. Voyager, yeah. The, the Voyager was a good game. Shooter. That yeah. was a good game. Uh, that, yeah, Singularity, which, which one of you mentioned, uh, that was the last game that they made uh, before Activision relegated them to Call of Duty support status, uh, which they've been ever since. But I, I actually looked them up. I think I was trying to come up with some sort of clever tweet, and I was like, are there still a lot of old school devs there? Because they are out in the in terms of the game development space, they're out in the middle of nowhere. They're in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, they're not just, they're not in a hot spot where, where a bunch of their team members might just go take a job at a studio down the street. Um, the only other big studio I know of that's up there is Human Head, or I guess whatever they are now. I think Human Head shut down. Anyway, neither here nor there. But Raven, uh, I've been a huge fan of theirs for a long time, going back to Heretic, uh, which was the, the sort of, fantasy version of Doom that, mm -hmm. that John Romero produced with them, which it was really fun to read about in John Romero's new book. So I am choosing Raven with my final pick uh, on the hopes that with Phil Spencer wearing a Hexen t-shirt mm. on stage, 
uh, at this year's June showcase that Raven is going to be unlocked and, and said and told, what do you guys want to make? You don't have to just be the, be the support team on Call of Duty anymore. If you, if you want to do something, let's do it. So uh, I'm, taking, I'm taking Raven with my final pick here. Um, I'm sure at least one of you th uh, probably thinks I'm insane. No, I, I was actually looking at Raven, but for the opposite side, uh, because of Warzone. I think that we've learned a valuable lesson in Warzone 1 and Warzone 2 of switching development teams and letting getting more hands affect the gameplay of itself really changes the landscape of where Warzone was and needed to be. And I think that Raven now has the opportunity in the next five years to try to solidify Warzone. I think there is a question in this boardroom of, what is Call of Duty Warzone? Can we still ride the high of battle royales that are still hot, but a little bit of waning, right? But how do we balance that with DMZ? I think there is a big question for Raven of, can you make Warzone what it once was? And can we write this ship? If you were to be full control, no other Call of Duties affecting it, can you focus and make this a great battle royale that it once was and needs to be? That's interesting. That's why I didn't choose Raven, actually, because I was looking at yeah. them, and I don't feel like Battle Royales are going to survive much longer. I mean, they're, they'll be there, but I, they're just not as interesting to people anymore. They want to be able to get in a game where they're like, hey, I can get in. I, if, if I die, it's not the end of the world for me. I can go and respawn and come back. So, like, multiplayer is better, yeah. but also multiplayer now costs money. But that's why, you know... Uh, Halo Infinite's doing pretty well because it's a multiplayer game and it's free and all of these free-to-play games that might be coming out like the finals or whatever like Hyenas was supposed to be something like that um, I think people are looking more towards that and Battle Royales are just getting very tired people are just getting tired of life service games um, and I think Warzone is a part of that granted it does do some different things with DMZ which is a huge huge plus but um, yeah that's that's the reason why I didn't pick Raven, because I was like, I don't know what Battle Royales are going to look like in five years. Well, in, in that sense, you and I are kind of on the same page yeah. in that I want them to go make new things and go make other things. And you think that that they might not be making yeah. what they're making now soon yeah. anyway. So I think we are aligned on this. All right. So our final standings. Great draft, everybody, by the way. Oh, that was great games. Great, so, great developers. Gary Witta. What did I go with? Remind me. Machine Games. Yeah, I remember that. On the Bethesda side of the yep, thing. Yeah, Double Fine. Double Fine from the Microsoft family and Arcane back on the Bethesda side. Right. So strong lineup for Gary. I kind of regret not picking Blizzard. By the way, nobody picked Blizzard. I oh, no, oh, Mike did. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I kind of regret not picking Blizzard, though. I kind of wish You're I had You're a Blizzard guy. I am surprised you didn't pick it. I might, I might, if I could call an audible right now, I, I might swap one out for Blizzard. <laughs> Cause I, just because I want to believe that they can get their mojo back. Well, you'll have to make a deal, mm -hmm. trade, trade mm -hmm. draft picks. We'll with have Mike. to go out to dinner. Uh, you well, we, we, know it, we, know, we know it's doable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stella mm -hmm. took Treyarch from the Activision side of the business, Mojang from Microsoft, and also 343 from Microsoft. So... A couple of shooter houses there, and then the Minecraft maestros at Mojang. Paris, as we talked about already, has the West Coast on lock, and is, uh, he's got a soft spot for RPGs with Obsidian, with the Coalition, and with Inexile. Obviously, uh, he's, got, he's, got his, he's got his third-person shooter mixed in there as well. <laughs> Mike, you uh, chose... Two Microsoft games and one Activision Blizzard, or excuse, studios, pardon me. You went with Playground first, then Blizzard, then Ninja Theory, 
uh, which I would tell, I would say you have a very eclectic Thank you. collection yeah, of, yeah. of uh, games represented by those Throwing studios the there. Me, not so much. Uh, I, basically, all three of my studios make first-person things because <laughs> I do, I do really love first-person games. They're whether it's an RPG, whether it's a shooter, I love first-person stuff. It's just an, it's an immersion thing for me. I love it. I took id Software uh, with my first pick on the Bethesda side of things. I stayed with Bethesda uh, and went with Todd Howard and the Bethesda Game Studios team. That's right, Todd. I own you now. Todd Father, you're mine. And then uh, I, it turns out I didn't pick any Microsoft Game Studios under the, and I went over to the Activision Blizzard side and chose Raven with, uh, with my third pick. So good stuff, friends. Really fun. Great time to is be. There, is there anyone that together. should feel bad about being left on the shelf? Definitely. Definitely, uh, I think turn ten is the is the real. Uh, they have reason to be upset at all of us at this point. <laughs> if any, if if uh, Dan Greenawalt or any you know or any of the, uh, the Alan Hartman or any of those crew are watching, they'll be like, "How? What? We make nothing but nine out of ten. Yes, but, are they, but, but, but the thing is, if you just think about the time period, are they going to make another one of those in the next five years? Motorsport no. just came out. And Horizon came out last year. It's probably, what are they going to do in the next five years except maintain those two games? Right. They've already said that the just released Forza Motorsport is now a platform that mm -hmm. they intend to build on, that you know there will be just various types of content, but there's, there's not going to be a Forza Motorsport 2 in the next five years. Right. So, that point. Yeah. Do you hear that? Do you hear that, Ryan? I don't. Tell me what. Uh, I hear Tango Gameworks calling. They uh, are going to have something to talk to us about, especially after this year with Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, I think they would be on the phone with us saying, hey, you might overlook something. In fairness, their studio founder and yes. mastermind, Shinji Mikami, left. So I think we've, you know, no disrespect by leaving them off. Not that they're not capable of great things, but there's some question mark there yeah. With, yeah. Uh, with him departing. Not a, not a lot of not a lot of optimism, presumably, for the future of Crash Bandicoot, um, Skylanders, Tony Hawk. I, I, is it Spiro or Spyro? I never had Spyro. Spyro, like those are all big Activision things that have been bought in. But we're not expecting too much from those, I guess. I can't believe Paris didn't. Speaking of platformers, just didn't take Rare for right uh, just for Crash just for Crash Bandicoot uh, yeah, just for uh, Banjo Kazooie. Bear, yes. Yeah. I was gonna take Rare. Nobody took Rare. Thieves. Well, here, here's yeah. the thing Everwild. with Rare. Here's the thing with Rare. I mean, just just being honest for a second, what the hell is Everwild? I don't, like we have we have no idea. I mean, yes, yeah, Sea of Thieves is, is you know been very consistent for them, but when I think about the next five years for Rare, mm -hmm. no, I sadly I do not think we're going to get a Banjo Kazooie from them. And what is Everwild? Is that something I should even be excited about? Is it even going to come out at this point? So to me, they're a question mark more than anything beyond Sea of Thieves. I have a question about this, this little map that we were given out. Why is Perfect Dark just kind of sitting on its own without like a studio attached? <laughs> is that because nobody knows who's making it at this point? Uh, like, it, that logo has initiative inside of it. Oh, okay. Small. Oh, it's very, very yeah. small. Okay. Does it have the Crystal Dynamics logo? Yeah. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. Add that yeah. in there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should be, even though they're not a Microsoft studio, they're the, they're the development partner That's on a that fun one. team to look at as well, right? Of like, what is next for them? What What is going on over there? Yeah. Will Perfect Dark land? And then what's beyond for this group? It will be very are they going to stay small and agile and work with other groups? Will they stock up and be their own team one day? What, what's going on over there is a great question. That's a, it's a, it is a great question. 
But and I have one more. Yes, I, please. I do have one, one more that they, they should be upset because I think they don't get the, the adulation that they deserve. World's Edge. Age of Empires. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a franchise that, you know, has had long legs and has done very well for, for Xbox over the years. And, you know, obviously now they have two on console, fours on console. I mean, in the next five years, you got to imagine they're probably going to have an Age of Empires 5. It's Jerry's got a sideways grin it's on just, his face It's just here. not sexy, is it? No, no it's not. <laughs> Trebuchets are not sexy and never will be. I don't I care how many 15-minute segments uh, you devote to them in your showcase. Trebuchets I, will never be sexy. I'll get a I'll get a little more interested if World's Edge decides to. I know World's Edge is like all about Age of Empires, but give, give me a Halo Wars three. I would like that because I really oh, like. Great call out. Yeah, oh, yeah, here, and here comes a. Uh -huh. I've summoned the Trebuchet oh, video. It's Way a, to go, Gary. The yeah. infamous Trebuchet video. <laughs> it's an back. especially tall one, just for oh you. <laughs> I, remember, I, remember, I remember when they first showed. It's like, how, is this? How much longer are they going to yeah. keep talking about? Remember this? when this was the thing that they put in Xbox showcases because they didn't have any games to show us. Oh and look God. how far we've come since then. We, hands we on history Those was the guys. good, though. I'll give them kudos to that. Sure. That campaign with the hands on history, <laughs> make it fun. Learning. All right. Uh, we have got to get out of here because we've gone for two hours. Seriously, my wife's texting me. She's not happy. Yeah, we're, uh, one, <laughs> I'm usually back by now. Yeah, yeah. Can we get one last plug for the, the charitable reason that we are all here? Of course, Ryan. Of course, throughout the whole entire week, you're going to see the big kind of funny crossover with IGN. All of your favorite personalities will come together as friends and maybe leave as foes on Friday. Of course, we have a big stream planned, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. And of course, over on YouTube as well, you will see all of us here raising money and doing great for those big, beautiful kids out there for our extra life campaign for 2023. Of course, IGN as well as selling you a sweet bundle of games. Humblebundle.com. Go get the IGN editor's choice bundle. Ton of great games. And uh, you will get, it's a great value, and, and that is going to a great cause. It's so. charity season, isn't it? All the streamers do their charity mm -hmm. drives around this time of year. Yeah. We have, we have arrived indeed. So, uh, for the great Gary Witta, the stellar Stella Chung, the perfect Paris Lily, <laughs> the uh, stupendous Snowbike Mike, and me, the old guy uh, <laughs> at, at IGN, at least these days, Ryan McCaffrey, this has been the ultimate Xbox podcast crossover. Podcast unlocked. Cross. Kind of funny Xcast. We will see you at our regularly scheduled times <laughs> each and every week on your favorite video services and audio podcast services. Thanks, everybody.